we back with another episode of Press Box. What's good? We here. What's good? Yeah. Random. What's good, y'all boys? Hey, w-, um, w punctuality, Bama. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I try to, bro. You know, uh, 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 the panel, bro. They 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 leave us very small room for uh, uh, error. So I gotta get right on it when I see they ain't when they when they done. I got thumb. Boy, it's just L host. You know how these folks is. But you gotta before, add like a ticket tax. For yeah, for sure. For, for sure. Ticket tax. I know we're gonna start saying ticket tax when we late. Ticket tax. Uh, but before uh, we get into the show, let me start off by being a good host and shout out our goat members: Cobra Son, Raditz, Camatos in the Clutch, Legend Skamet. If you'd like to become a member, click the link down in the bio. Hit the subscribe button. Check out the tiers. Come join us. Become a family of players' choice, bro. With all our casual nasty takes, bro. Um. For the game, get all here, man. Getting towards the end of football, fellas, man. I'm almost getting sad, bro. It's almost, it's almost that time. It's really setting in. Like my birthday kind of like lets me know, like, yeah, football is almost over. College football, January first, we are already in the final four. Probably the most controversial final four in in a long time 10 years a long well, time it's the best way to like years. let people know mm-hmm. it's the best way to let yeah. people know that the 12 team is really needed so that's that, it, I, that's what i looked at it like it's unfair but florida state like will y'all really try to get in there and get waxed by michigan 40 to nothing because the only way you have arguments if you somehow find a way to beat georgia that's the only way you have an argument. I don't know if they get yeah i understand i, I that's the thing it's georgia florida game will really see because there's arguments for both sides because Florida's like we we're not gonna get whack defense and because like ultimately we don't know like we can assume ultimately we don't know that's the beauty about football. So we, I think they do lose, but if they do somehow beat Georgia, then like dang, that's gonna open a lot of eyes. So I, the college football playoffs been outdated. That's the best way so, to justify. Yeah, so it's like it's like an update. That's it's the like, best way to like, justify yeah, themselves. The college football playoffs like that old is that like that old Honda you got when you was in high school. Now it's time to move on. Like you got more money now, you you're doing better. Upgrade for that old Honda. Question before everybody join, let me ask both of y'all this: Did the college football playoff get it right more than they got it? What? So let me say this: Was it a distinct difference than the BCS? Because you remember the BCS was just like a computer, and they just be like, yeah, these is just the two top teams. I would say they got it more right than wrong. Like, yeah. So if I if I said what I said was like, I understand why they did it. I just don't like it because you did everything you were supposed to do, right? You you lost your star quarterback. You still found a way to be an undefeated Power Five champion. But also at the same time, Bama, you said it. It's a business. At the same time, they're not trying to have sixty five seven. This is this is the time where all the casuals pull up. They're not trying to see that on on even if it's a semifinal game. Not trying to see that. So I get it. It's unfair, but also at the same time, people forget Florida State had two weeks to show that they belonged to the playoff after Jordan Travis left, and they didn't inspire confidence. So that's that's yeah, just tough. Florida it's just State tough. To me, Florida State to me had a had a chance again if they had impressive wins, but a lot of their wins were just ugly, right? And I think at, at the end of the day, the selection committee like said we, we saw what happened with TCU, you know, year uh before. They just didn't want to have that again. So they made the right business move, like you said. They they made the right football move too. I think we got the best games possible. 
But I will say, I think is, is it next year they're adding a few teams, right? They're, or the year after adding. It's How twelve. It's now? twelve next year. So 12, yeah. So I, I wonder that people say there are problems with the college football thing, but the genius with college football is a lot of regular season games are playoff games. But the genius of college football is that every regular season game matters because of the selection process and only having a limited amount. So I've always kind of thought the more you add, and I get it that you know you can have more teams that probably deserve to get in there, but it does take away a little bit of the regular season big matchup. We understand one loss can change the trajectory of your entire season. It's the only sport that do that. The regular sport where one loss can change everything, right? So I always thought with college football, I wonder how that'll play out if these records. I think it'll still be the same because the rivalries are now like the conference movements because now you see these bigger teams moving different conferences and that's going to put more impact and the game's going to be a lot more exciting, a lot closer games. So I think the record, because like, I think now the regular season going to, I think both things both gonna mean a lot more with the conference movement and now you add a expanded playoffs. I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna be eight teams, but I think I'm I'm, fine, I'm cool with um twelve teams. And yeah, I think to the be honest, I, playoffs I, good thing. I, I thought sixteen was the perfect too. number. Sixteen, 16 makes the most sense to make sure that everything is uh divisible with one another at the end of the day. So you have 16842. I want to ask y'all this too. So two things. I see a few people in the chat saying Michigan would not score 30 against Florida State. So I want to say this. This is what I want y'all to remember. Yes, throughout the season, you guys did not give up 30. But the real tricky thing behind this college football playoff, and this is what Nick Saban even said, and this is how you got to look at it. You got to look at all four of those teams as the number one team in the country. Because mm-hmm. essentially that's what, what it is. You could be the fourth seed to win the national championship, like we in South South. So that's just mm-hmm. pretty much the number one seed all over, just in different regions. So what I, what I say that to say this: you cannot tell me with the offense that you guys have at Florida State to give a Michigan, a Texas, a Washington those extra possessions where you guys cannot score consistently going three and out. You cannot tell me if you give some of those ball clubs three, four, five, six extra possessions throughout that game that they don't hang fucking 50 on y'all. Like, you're not finna give those high-potent offenses what we just saw. Like, 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 let's be honest, bro. I know we all fans, but let's just be objective right here real quick. We'll just take Alabama out since I'm just Mr. Alabama jersey, Alabama hat. We'll just take Alabama out. And I'll put Washington, Michigan, and Texas up in there. Just their offense. I just look at their offenses and what they present on offense. It's no way in hell with the offense Florida State displayed versus those Louisville and the last team they played. That offense they displayed out there was putrid, bro. And those offenses, that's why those games were so close because they kept giving those three and outs, three and outs. Never moved the ball up out of negative field position. That's real bad. So now when we start talking about Washington, Texas, these teams that can score quick touchdowns like that, one-play touchdowns, these guys that can get punt returns, they got dynamic players all over the field. You're not just going to start giving them three, four, five, six, seven, eight positions and just sit there and arrogantly be like, oh, yeah, bro, our defense ain't going to do nothing. Alabama showed you they went from when they offense showed you where they couldn't do nothing in the beginning of the season, our defense looked trash. And what happened when we start converting on those three and on those third down drives? Once Jalen Milrow start converting, that defense started looking like an old Alabama defense, 2010, 2015 Alabama defense. So that just goes to show you even top tier defenses can't hold up against you constantly giving good football teams extra possessions due to 
an innate ability to move the football, dog. Like, I don't think y'all really understand that. I know you say, oh, we made it and all that. But, bro, them extra possessions in those football games is going to get real ugly. That's what happened to TCU. They started fumbling on the two negative. You can't do that against good ball clubs. You are going to get ran, slapped off the field, whether you feel like you got a good team or not. You can't do that. So I bring out this question just to answer him. I bring out this question. If we do add 12 teams, I work at a college. I think about this. So the more games we add, especially neutral site games, these kids are going to be away from school. So how do they work this out? Like, we might as well just be honest. Like, just don't. if you play power five football, basketball, bro, just make them take all online classes, whatever the case may be in. Because why, why would we just sit up here and act like they student athletes? Because that's what I start thinking about. When you start adding more playoff games, these will be more games these kids are away from school because you got to have neutral sugar bowls, orange bowls. They're not just going to have it at Michigan or or whatever the case may be. They, they want these other places to make money. So with that being said, what can they – like, do you feel like they 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 – I don't know, bro. Like, like once that once this college football playoff start, I feel like these young men will have to be. They can't be students, bro. Y'all all boys went to college, man. Dev, you in college right now? Imagine trying to manage that lesson load on top of traveling. You know, you in Alabama, you finna travel to Pasadena. Mm. I think miles from Tuscaloosa. I think luckily they have a benefit since their schools have money. They have a benefit of. Airlines, air travel, they don't, they don't have to travel through bus, so that is a benefit. So you get there a little quicker and probably have they to fly private, right? Do they fly private? Some of some of the schools, some of them, they got those yeah, yeah, sure. so that is a benefit. So that is a benefit. I feel like with the playoff games, has to be bowl games. So now you're making the playoff game bowl games, and I would say you have to, like, depending on the regular season, I feel like how you make the regular season to make it easier. You do it for teams that are close by. So to have Alabama schedule in the SEC and the out-of-conference games be like a team that's close by, like Texas or like what's another state. Like don't have them go to like California, this, that. Like have the regular season be – have them play the – have them play the conference and the top – and the out-of-conference games should be close by somewhere at least in a three to, three to five state radius, three to four state radius. And the playoff games, I feel like – um because you'll see, right now, this time they're out of school, you know, like they're out of school. School kind of is kind of over with, and like, depending on the school is, because I know every school is different. Holiday season, right? Like, right now, it's, it's, holiday it's finals, then you're, you're, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, it's bro. finals. So I, I feel like having to take the finals, and right? As soon as finals over, you guys have to schedule practice. Because at the end of the day, it is, a, you do you did sign up for this. Like, for me, while I'm running track and field, like, I still have to do finals, still have to do, and they'll still have to travel according to this. I feel like, you have to – I feel like the committee or, like, the school has to get with the students or the ADs and come up with a plan. So, like, for that period, I think that's the hardest period, the finals period and the travel period. I don't have a set answer for that. But luckily, due to money and travel, I feel like you can um have it when – or, like, schedule it where, like, hey, let's have the plane go off this time, this, that, and, like, make sure every student has their grades right, they, their finals right, so you have a set time to leave. For the bowl game, or like if Zor, like or have Alabama just play in a Cotton Bowl in Texas, that's nearby, or have them play in a Peach Bowl that's in Georgia. I'll be I think that's a little my I think perspective little from the outside looking in. That's right. I'm one of those people. Although I empathize, I empathize with what you're saying, Bama. 
I'm not going to feel bad for them. They're still college athletes getting on a scholarship, um, playing uh, very important football with the chance to go in the NFL and basically the stars of their institution. So at the end of the day, like DevSide said, guys signed up for being a college athlete. This is par for the course when it comes down to it. This is the road to become great in the NFL, or at the very least, when it comes down to it, if you don't make it to the NFL, you have a degree to rely about, uh, rely upon, which I'm sure you didn't have to invest a lot of resources compared to the average student that you can use as a means to create a or get a different career. So it's, just, it's a challenge for sure, but this is the challenge to success. So I'm not I don't really feel bad for them uh, at the end of the day and the increased playoffs, like the more opportunities have for uh, in terms of teams going into the playoffs is better for you to be in the spotlights and show your capabilities. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think teams want to be part of the playoffs. They want to be in the spotlight. They want to have the opportunity and with the opportunity comes the more difficult path to succeed in the opportunity. Yeah. I so a lot of people have to stock and increase with that extra playoffs too. Well, I, I think of the the at least the academic side, Dev, that you said is overblown. Obviously, this doesn't account for mm-hmm. every Division One school, but they're they're taking private charters. You know, they got tutors on on deck view. I played at NAIA school. If I ever needed a tutor, they had one ready. You know, they yeah, they, they did whatever they could to help us out because look, even if I'm not playing, that still looks bad on the university if you got multiple kids on on the team failing stuff right so they're doing their hardest mm-hmm. just to fix that so that's why i'm sitting there like if they got chartered planes if they got if they if they're their locker rooms getting renovated every year they, they're doing everything they can to make their football the athlete's life as great as possible while they're there right plus you're getting a scholarship and now the nil you're getting extra money on top of that like i they're asking you bama like think about all the people outside so there are some people out there raising kids, working three jobs, and still find a way to make it work. So I don't want to hear about, oh, school schoolwork is a little tough. Meanwhile, you're getting paid to be there, plus your school's free, and all you got to do is play ball, really, and just make sure you're on top of your grades. Because also, we all know, man, they get a little extra love when it comes to the grades. Oh, he got a, yeah. He got yeah, a 79. Yeah, I, I, I think the professors, yeah, the professors yeah. are going to give him the extension. Jalen Miro. Yeah, like Jalen Miro got a 79 in English one. Like, hey, help him out, you know. Oh, plus he keeps that three five. What, what are we talking about? Like, oh, he keeps that three zero. So they, so they do that. Like, it, I think, I, I, I think there's plenty of resources for these kids to tell that they can fly across the country really, and they'll be fine. I, I will say though, like out of all, say the six teams that do with the playoffs, I do think we have to understand that ninety nine point nine percent of these guys aren't going to be in the NFL. If they're mm-hmm. just not making the NFL. That's just how it works. Most of, of these guys aren't going to play in the NFL, so the degree is important for them. Life after football is important for them, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys, I know, like the NIL deals, like these top guys, it's great. But not everyone's getting lifetime money in these NIL deals. Not everyone's getting millions of dollars. There's some guys who might get thirty, forty thousand dollars, which is which is great, but it's not life changing money that's going to last you the rest of your life, right? So I do think education does matter for ninety nine percent of these. Oh, yeah, you can't discount the. Yeah, I'm not discounting that, but I'm just saying, you know. You, no, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think all these guys, in terms of how after they'll get the extensions, you know, they'll work with the professors, they'll figure, they'll figure it out for sure in terms of that. But I want to say it's attitude. So the the national championship game is still going to be on the same day. It's still going to be like early January usually. The first it? week of Jan, it's first uh, week of first, January, so that's still a holiday. The first season. and second week of January, yeah, yeah, first week, and so then the semifinal games will be a week before, which also covers in the holiday, like Christmas time, right? Christmas, New Year's. It's usually on, on the eve. Like, yeah, so it, so it's only like the first game of the playoffs that'll be during the academic season, technically, the sixteen versus one seed. 
like the first round playoffs would be just active season, and then the next it's week, like New Year's Eve, like it's usually on December 30. 30 no, no, so, when they do the 16, yeah, yeah, that's like the semifinal, right? It would be New Year's oh, it's 12, yeah. but yeah. the biggest, the biggest debit in the college football season is that time between the end, the conference championship, and the New Year's six. So that's mm-hmm. I think that's what they're trying to fill with the 12 team playoff. I would do 16 because mm-hmm. NAIA does it 16 and it works great. And the NFL did the same thing where the top two seeds would get a bye instead of just the number one team would. But it works. It's it's going to work in the 12 team anyway. So that's I think that's what that I think that's what uh, you're trying to talk about, right, Jalen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be cool to see. I mean, if they ever do get to 16, that 16 versus one seed that that ranking. 16 should be the max. They shouldn't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think 12 might be good right now. I think 16 might be. I think 16 is fine. We also have to take into account that in terms of college, the the reason why it's so different from the pros is we know the set amount of teams. Like, they're either 30 or 32. College, there are so many football teams. There is a whole bunch of football teams. So there's – Honestly, you could argue that they they would be they would be warranted like the NCAA does it to have a larger bracket pool for more teams to go in the playoffs. So with all these teams, um, especially since you never know who's the sleeper horse that's just not getting the attention because of how court, uh, college football rankings work, the better opportunity they all these teams more chances for a less notable team to have the opportunity to prove who they are. So. It makes I do, sense. I do think movie. some conference champion game, some conference championship games will be watered down, not as matter. Because if we had twelve this year, like would the Alabama Georgia game be as impactful as it was? Because we'd understand if those twelve teams this year yes. both were going to get in. Well, remember, so, Jalen, the I, but it, but again, we understood like it was such a great game, and I thought that game was so intense because we understand these are two of the best teams in college. One is going to be left out because they lost, but now well, with Jay, twelve or sixteen. Yeah. Both those teams are going to get it no matter well, what. Now, now, you're, you're, now you're talking I, about I who gets a buy or not, Jalen. Yeah, that's that game's game. exceeding now. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, say that, yeah. but I think I think that Alabama, Georgia, until at least Nick Saban retires, mm. I think that matchup will always forever be like that because that's pretty much it, man versus Bruce Lee. No Matthew doubt. Versus yeah. Nick Saban. Because, like, I don't think y'all understand how intimate, Paul's them guys were. Because once you be around for somebody for 10 years, like, they – defensive coordinator, Kirby coached the DBs. That was basically Nick Saban Jr., you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it got to a point where we won those back-to-back titles. In crucial times, Nick Saban used to go down the sideline and be like, hey, Kirby, what we doing? Like, literally, mm-hmm. for your head coach to give the reins over to another dude like that, bro, that mean, like, oh, you almost my – like, I really trust you, bro. Like, you you got my bait. You know how uh, – uh, Nick Saban love his defense, so no I think it's, it's pretty much. South, no I thought Georgia might have made it too, based on the business, but I think Georgia, Alabama, in, in the college football playoff that, is that, better. That, that, that fourth, what that's yeah. part five now. That all have been realistically. Like, the only reason Georgia is out is because they just lost at the worst time. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. that's why they're out. Bad time to lose. Also, you got to recognize Jalen that even though the playoff implications aren't there from what you were talking about mm-hmm. um, and versus it's going to be there with the increased playoff spots, that doesn't devalue the the matchup that is taking place in the, uh, at the end of the day. Cause it's kind of like the uh, chiefs versus the bills literally every year. Nowadays, we still want to see chiefs versus bills, regardless of whether or not there's playoff implications. We still want to see Bengals versus Ravens, regardless of of not if there's playoff implications. Those games are just going to be big because it's high level competition again going up against each other, and especially if they have a history, of course. Hey, look those at Steelers Alabama Ravens games, man. Every it felt like for a while those Steelers yeah, Ravens the, games the, were the deciding who's, 
Mm-hmm. Robbery games will always be there for sure. Yeah, I just I don't the know, if you lose, you know your season is oh, done. Like that does add to it. Like knowing if, you're, if you well, lose, also don't forget. Way. I know we're arguing about the the fifth, the fourth spot now. It's just going to transition to us arguing about the twelfth spot. And okay. if Liberty yeah, makes it and they're yeah. undefeated, but then a two loss Ole Miss is like, no, we should be in the playoff. I, I get it, but like the twelfth seed, like it's not going to move me. As you're much right, as like, but there's you know still, those mean? arguments are still going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Was, because I ain't gonna lie, though, they show like the twelfth seed, and then G baby, you could get this, but I ain't gonna lie, right? They show like the twelfth seed, like it kind of almost look right. Besides, if you just want to throw like a Liberty up in there, like now nah, I would give like, Liberty if you go undefeated like in your like, conference. Oh, okay. Like, come on, bro. Like, you got to give them something, because then, because mm. then, what's the point of them winning their conference? It's not like you're giving them a buy. You know, just give them the twelfth seed. The college football playoff messed up when they first brought it because they made it four teams. Yeah, and they and they have so really five, They have five power five conferences. They should have, and I said this the year they made it. They should have just made it six, five power five conferences, and then your six seed. First mm-hmm. two get a bye because there's nothing wrong with it in the NFL because. Every time the set, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the first year of the playoff was there not controversy about who should be the four seed? Mm-hmm. And was it was it not the year Ohio State made it as the four when Baylor and TCU were like right there and they wanted to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they wanted, which which kind of was made like it. okay, hey, made it was like okay, it. cool, you got mm-hmm. it right. But we've had Cincinnati as a four seed. What happened? We had Washington as a four seed. What happened? TCU, it's a little better. Because at least, at least they, they won, won a game, yeah. but then yeah. they got to the national championship and lost sixty-five yeah. to seven. And then that's where they yeah. messed up. They should have just made it six teams. You have your five power five. They they could have made this easy. You win your conference power five, you're in next you're best in. team. That you you have to it. legitimately maybe yeah. lose three. If you lose three games, maybe that's one time. Like yeah, that might be the one time they're like, mm-hmm. hey, if like for example, let's just say for the sake of instance, uh, let's just say Florida State. Let's say they won their conference, but they were eight and three. Okay, maybe then. Then you put in a, like you this year. Oregon gets like, it in front of you. Oregon gets yeah, in front like, of you. Yeah, but other than that, every year, matter of fact, Penn State won the Big Ten and didn't make the playoffs. Mm. To be fair, the Pac-12 was the biggest victim ever had that dominant team that could step up and be the like Oregon had a chance, but then they lose a bad game. Or something like that. So they were the one that was victimized the most. And then now, ironically, on the last year, this was the one you like. Obviously, Bama, you could say different, but like Oregon and Washington were the two best teams, or two two of the best, two of the better teams in the nation. And it's just when you sit there, you could argue, even if even if Florida State went undefeated, I'm like, I'm I'm might pick even me and Jared. I'm talking about it. I might pick Oregon over y'all because I think no, Oregon I is the better Oregon, team. They lost to the same team twice, though. That's that's just the, the tough part. But they're both very competitive Oregon. games. I know you say Oregon minus Ole Miss um, this year, and I think the year before last. I mean, they all they they had two years in the, of recent where they only two losses was Alabama and uh, Georgia. So it's like, like that's just unfortunate if I'm if I'm Ole Miss. Like, where do I win at? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I the twelve team well, I can do. now the twelve team now will, should remedy Ole Miss's problems if they keep losing Tony Georgia. I get- Alabama. I guarantee you. And COVID, COVID, I felt for Texas A&M, they only lost was the Alabama when we had Waddle and Devontae Smith, and we blitzed everybody with just Devontae Smith after we lost Waddle, and they missed the college football playoff because, I mean, 
they had one loss and you know y'all remember how that Jimbo went. Fisher's best year there. They're paying him like hundred million dollars to stay away. That's, That's crazy. crazy. And, and I and I and I hear you, but like we're gonna get to these 12 teams, and I know because I just saw it with the call, they were hating on the BCS. Like we need a playoff. They got it, complained the year one. Mm. We're gonna get to what? this 12-team playoff, and I guarantee you, Mark about what is today? December uh December 20th. 2023. Mark my words. When selection day comes in 2024, we are going to be complaining again. But has the playoff not been better than the BCS? G baby, has the playoff not been better? I think it has been way better than the BCS in my opinion. I mean, sure, but nobody's ever going to be happy. They people go complain, complain, bro. Yeah, people play. Definitely better. Definitely better now. Definitely better now. I'm saying because look, this is what's going to happen. Here's my bold prediction. We're going to get to this 12 team. Whoa, what is going on with that camera? We're going to get to the 12 team playoff. Oh, there's a background. We're going to get to the 12 team playoff. And seed one through six is probably going to be perfectly fine. Seven, nine, eight, nine, 10, whatever. 11 and 12, there might be a little argument, but nobody's going to care because I guarantee you when we get to 10, 11, 12, and they got to play. Uh, how many teams get a buy? The first two or the first four? I think it was the first two, right? First two. First yeah, two. First so two. they got to play a three, and they got to play a four seed. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, they're just getting blown out. They're getting destroyed. Like, why do we want to see? Like, that's going to happen. I think they should have just made it six because you still have six elite teams, but you don't have to worry about it. Like, like I'm not going to lie. This isn't college basketball. College basketball, there's upsets all the time. In a one and done format with those times, because teams can just get high, get lucky. Nine times out of ten, you're not gonna see a 12 seed upset a two seed or a three seed. And then especially, especially when you look at like Contra, like you got you obviously you got your Bamas, your Georgia, Texas looks like they're back, especially with the guys they just got. You got all these bro. Like for example, if it would have ended this year, who was the 11 seed and 12? I was gonna say, what would the matchup be this year? It was old yeah, like Ole Miss was one of them. Yeah, like if we look at if we look at the course of thing, ain't, ain't nobody gonna be looking at the game like, ooh, hey, I don't know. Wait, oh, it, it, it'd be Ole Miss versus Texas Oklahoma. or Ole Miss versus Alabama? Ole Miss versus Texas. Ooh, Ole Miss versus Texas would be a game, I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that might be a game. Also, I'm guessing the hope, um, in addition to the conversation, is that the college football continuously becomes more. Um, there continues to be more polarity in college football with obviously the NIL deals and with the transfer portal. So with that polarity, there won't be the hope is there won't be just the stack teams on the top versus everybody else. It's like more teams will be more teams will have the capability of being more competitive. So Oklahoma, in addition to that Miss, and the playoffs, I'm sure that's the hope. Yeah, I, right I just now. looked at it right now. Like, uh, honestly, well, this is what I'll say. Shout out to the Pac-12 this year because they, I've called them religiously the JV of the Power Five. They definitely and this have year and this year they were like, oh hey, we're we're hey we competing with the big boys this year. So I think that because I'm looking across that kind of like and then like Penn State was pretty solid this year even though they sold against teams that probably should have been better against. Um, I look at a Notre Dame team with three losses who really should have only had two, but they sold. Like, I think this year was probably the best it would have looked as far as, like, competitive value. But if you look across, like, multiple years, there's a lot of teams in this, like, 7, 8, 9, 10 
that we're going to get to these playoffs and we're going to be like, okay, maybe this is too many teams because they just keep getting smacked every year. Like, at least with a 16 format, you can have a true competitive playoff and not complain about anybody there. Well, remember, and I mentioned this earlier before you got here, G Baby, there's this dead time, and I understand there are bowls going on, right? But there's this dead time from the conference championship to the New Year's Six that college football is trying to fill. Because the the whatever bowl in North Dakota, nobody's watching that. I, the crazy part is those are some of the craziest games when because that's when like teams are really laying it all on the table. They empty out the playbook, but nobody watches those. So they're trying to fill that up. Right. Because it is it is bringing money. But the only thing is, I said, if they do increase more 16s to max, because the best thing that works for football and we talked about this with J-Rob when we're talking about what makes football different, like the in-season tournament compared to what football does. I'm like, football works because of the scarcity of it, where it feels like every game matters. Like if, for instance, if Bama was on like Bama was on like his deathbed, had a straight jacket when they lost to Texas, because you don't know how that could affect their ranking later. Right. You just don't. And if know. Georgia would have just handled business, Texas wouldn't even been in the playoffs, in my opinion. So, so, yeah. so, yeah, that's just one of the things where it's like you can't lose a game now, and and then you see how if that's going to get you in the playoffs. So the one that's the main, probably the biggest thing that the twelve team playoff is taking away. So now, two team, two team, two lost teams are going to make the playoff. That's what's going to happen. So yeah, that, okay. that, that's all it's done is lower the threshold. But still at the same time, are you really willing to risk? having that second loss on your resume and then you're trying to say you're the 10th seed when I understand it sounds crazy because Liberty was undefeated this year, but if Liberty goes undefeated, they did their thing and they're going to take that 12th seed from you because um, Ole Miss, you messed around and lost maybe the second last game of the season. Now you're screwed because Liberty did all they could. And, and, and you, and this is also giving those other conferences a chance where they can send so, one team to represent. For, Why they me, put the free, for me, the only difference and I know you're not specifically talking about Liberty, but when I look mm. at Liberty compared to like a UCF of the past or like a Boise State when they weren't when they were like highly ranked but wasn't really competing for BCS. Them Nevada losses, man. Every time, yeah, <laughs> yeah every like, goddamn time. When I when I look at that, I also got to take into account who you play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When UCF, when they was making arguments, they could have been in the playoffs or whatever. That's because they beat ranked teams and quality teams. I beat LSU. Yeah, facts. You know what I mean? So when I look at Liberty, it's just kind of like, I mean, nobody's going to be really be moved. Like, shout out to El Paso, Texas, where I'm from. Nobody's moved by a UTEP victory. You know what I mean? Nobody's moved by a by a, a, a New Mexico State victory. Like, they're, I understand. they're just not. I understand, G-Baby, but those that's the another thing that it's just giving – they're not getting – they're never going to get multiple spots. They're just going to get one, and most likely it's probably going to be either the 11th or the 12th seed. But like Liberty, but like Liberty this year, I don't think I don't care if they undefeated. They should have never made the playoffs to begin with. I don't. I like if, even if you want to, even if it was six and you wanted to go away all the oh, time, they're never going to make. They have, you know they have what to like, like undefeated twice. Like you, to go yeah, you know what I mean. Or they got to beat some of these top quality programs. In order. Like if Liberty was thirteen and zero, and they had a win against let's just say Louisville, and they had a win against I don't know Oklahoma State, just just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, you can make an argument. They have two quality wins and they're undefeated. But like, again, a UTEP win ain't moving me. Jacksonville State, like, it's just kind of like yeah. mm, a lot of these I mean? That's teams, why even yeah. when we get to the twelve team, even when we get to the twelve team, I know we've changed conferences and we move stuff around. I don't necessarily know 
like how the back 12 is going to recover, if it's just going to disband. I don't necessarily know all of that. But when I'm looking at these playoffs going forward, I feel I, I heard your point about they're trying to fill the, this time with important games. And I get it. Like, I don't necessarily disagree with that. However, you're trying to fill it with important games. If all these games turn into blowouts or one-sided and it's really should just – like, I'm what I'm basically scared of is this 12 team is just going to show you that it really should be a 16. And they should have done it, that. That's, I think that's a risk that they're taking, and they're going to see for a while. But I think right now, like to, to talk about the Liberty point, Liberty's going to have to show a, a period of success to make the playoff. Like, they will go 13-0 this year, and they, they have to probably go 13-0 again next year to make the playoff as a 12 seed. Right, that's what they have to show. That's what all those lower. It's kind of like Boise show. State in the mid two thousand where yeah. they had that era. Boise State, Boise State should have made the should have made the BCS least yeah. once if they don't that's lose. Fair. If they don't lose like two two games, like where was it? Kellen Moore was like sixty two and two or three in college, and three of those lot two of those losses were to Nevada. Legends. Legends. Like so, it's just like come on, bro. All right, uh, move on to the new topic. Then you can lead us off, Dev. So. This is a new topic. Uh, since we we'll, since we talking college football, we'll kind of kind of keep it around the same realm. Um, this stuck out to me um, since we're talking about college football, NIL deals, all of this stuff. It's truly changed the whole landscape. The transfer points truly changed the whole landscape of college football. Um, high school recruiting coordinator tell camp of two hundred kids. Since the NIL, only seven kids would get a spot on college rosters. Um, coming up. So just thinking about it from an NIL standpoint, the transfer portal, he's basically saying if you are a kid coming fresh out of high school, a lot of these coaches not really finna take kids fresh out of high school just because of the of, of, of the big stakes of college football. And now, as you see, that portal is pretty much free agency. I got a video right here from Coach Barnes. NCAA has implemented a new rule to possibly benefit these freshmen. I'm going to let y'all hear this little snippet real quick, and I just want to mm -hmm. hear y'all weigh in on this. Um, it stuck out to me, dog. I think um, I think this might be good, but, I mean, it's, it's a lot of nuances to it, but we'll, we'll see what y'all say. Can y'all hear that? I mean, that's what I'm about to say. So make sure you stay tuned for the full video. Get all the information. Don't start asking me questions. You can get all the information. All right, so I'm going to dive into it. All right, here we go. All right, so starting 24-25, which is next year, all right, any freshman that comes into your school um, is pretty much awarded a guaranteed scholarship, all right, unless they get in trouble at school or they get kicked out, suspended, something like that. It cannot be for athletic reason. It cannot be for medical reason reasons whether it's physical mental health uh injury it doesn't matter all right you cannot get rid of kids and throw them into the portal like it has been into the past all right i know some some parents have complained about that this protects kids all right here's the flip side this is where it becomes dangerous for college coaches because now if you take a chance on a kid that's a freshman that may not be good enough to play for you right away right and they aren't good enough whether it's in year one or year three you are still on the hook as a college institution for that kid's scholarship. What does that do to your program? If I'm in a year where I got to win to save my job and that kid doesn't get a, doesn't want to jump into the portal or that kid doesn't want to, um, you know, get into he, that kid doesn't get another opportunity when they jump into the portal, I'm on the hook for that scholarship. So is that advantageous for a college coach? No, but it does protect kids, which I, I like and agree with. Okay. 
but this is why it's going to hurt. Scenario, scenario two. That was scenario one. Scenario two. I recruit a kid that's really, really good. All right, good high school player. Man, I work with him. He developed him or her. They develop into being really good players. And I'm at the mid-major, low-major level, and then a power five gets them out of the transfer portal. Right? Is that beneficial to me? Right? Well, it's not beneficial to me, especially if I have to wait till that kid gets an opportunity to go play at those other schools. So while they're in the portal, I have to wait. I can't give their scholarship away, right? I can, I have to wait until the window closes to get to get their scholarship. All right. So yeah, he goes in between all the hypotheticals of the logistics of you know waiting and how do you choose you know with those kids. But um, pretty much, really, what it is, man, is once you do like say if I'm a kid fresh out of high school, once I do get that scholarship. Um, you just can't get rid of me because you can't just shop me and treat me like this free agency no more. That's what a lot of these coaches was doing. So pretty much like what Coach Dion did when he came in and just basically booted everybody off the team. You can't do that no more. If I want to still play for Colorado and it's nothing wrong with me for his academics wise, I still can stay at a, uh, I could stay at a Colorado if I came there straight from high school. Um, I don't know, like, the nuances of it or how they're going to work that because, like I said, in Power 5 sports is really what have you done for me lately. Mm -hmm. So those dudes really having to fight for jobs and stuff like that is going to be it's gonna be different. But I just want to hear what y'all have to say about that video and and, and, uh, uh, and well, the shape of college football evolving. Uh, well, I want to I piggyback off, like, the scenario you just said. It's like with the Dion thing. Where it was like, all right, you came in and just kicked off. If they want to stay, they can stay. That's great. And I'm glad they're still going to get their scholarship. But I think this is where you run into a little muddy waters. Because then the coach can just legit be like, all right, we're not going to play. Like, all right, you're not going to play. Like, whether he's improving or not, if the coach doesn't want him there, doesn't think he's that good, he can get to a point where it's like, all right, you don't want to jump in the transfer portal. Cool. You're just not going to play. And I don't think there's any way to, like, watch or, like, monitor that because a coach can just say, I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's going to help our team win games. Uh, bet more than this other player. And are they really going to argue with him about that? Like, you kind of can't. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what the coach says and he's the one making the decisions, you kind of can't argue with that. So I think that's where you kind of get in the muddy waters. I'm glad that they don't, like, lose their scholarship, I guess, because, you know, some of these kids, at the end of the day, I know we're talking about athletics. Some of these kids, this is how they're going to get their degree. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is just going to be blessed to get financial aid and or, or, or they might, but they got to get hella loans. Trust me, I just graduated. I'm not looking forward to paying them loans. You know what I mean? So don't be a full ride, baby. W Canadian subsidized. Let's go. I was I was lucky, man, but that's all I was Canadian. saying. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So like I feel <laughs> like I feel like in that sense, great, fantastic. But so I feel like they're and I, I feel like this is gonna just create a little bit more loopholes because if he's if he if a coach decides he's not gonna play. I don't know if this is like a thing or not, but if he's like on scholarship but not playing, ain't getting no snaps, can they not just like re- quote unquote remove him from the team? See, I think this is where we have to differentiate the scholarship for playing football 
the football aspect and the academic aspect. Mm-hmm. I think the rule kind of should be that if you if you if they do sign you out of high school, you get a scholarship out of high school, you are guaranteed four years academic scholarship. Like your classes will be covered. Now, in terms of you playing football, that's up to the coach, your performance, and all that. And I've always kind of thought that with college football, like freshmen, I mean, I, I'm not sure about the percentage, but I've always kind of thought college football is more of a sophomore, junior, senior like legal, like a lot of freshmen come in and they redshirt. Like a lot of freshmen come in and don't play. I think that's very common just because your body needs to develop, picking up the schemes and college and football. Just got only only yeah, the just different got ones. Yeah, only like the really, really good only ones. Only the really play, good right? ones yeah. start as well, freshmen. Exactly, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think in terms of freshman playing, that's never really been a thing. Now, in terms of football-wise, now if a coach says, hey, you know, I, I don't think you're good enough even in a, even as a sophomore season, I think that's up to that player. He can decide. if. He, Again, so he should be guaranteed the four years of free academic stuff. So he can stay there, get his degree, and try to, you know, try to earn playtime on the team if the coach says he can. Or he can make a move if he wants to play football, he can enter a transfer portal and make a move. But I don't think you can ever guarantee a player, you know, quote unquote playing time or a football. Oh, you never, yeah. Yeah, because that's a whole different situation. But I do think it's fair to guarantee them four years of free education. Well, ju- I do want to ask a question because I actually have no idea. When it comes down to the scholarships for academic and athletic, are they coming from the same place? Because if they're not coming from the same place, no, then I don't know how you can warrant just giving an they athlete so, an academic. Yeah. I, work, I, I work at the college. So how scholarships go, I, I work at the college. So how scholarships go, each program has a college. I mean, scholarship. And normally, mm-hmm. the academic scholarship, it comes from student services itself. Mm-hmm. So like admission. Okay, then. Yep. You all process all your stuff. Normally, that's where the academic scholarships come from, and they have a whole budget for it, and they just put mm-hmm. certain scholarships aside. It's other programs on college campus that you can get scholarships for. And, you know, I will tell y'all this. A lot of kids in college check that damn scholarship portal on them school websites. It is so much unclaimed money. Of, just not to get off there. I just got to let y'all know. There's so much money. Bama, spit, speak, no, yeah, uh, let him go, let him spit go. on it, bro. Like, yeah, talk about it. Y'all There's just so much money. a one-page essay, bro. Sometimes you don't even have to have correct punctuation on it because <laughs> it will literally be you and the committee <laughs> reading that, that essay for a scholarship. Literally, no one submits these scholarships. So, like, I'll tell y'all that too. Like that's extra money for like kids that, like you say, if you don't, if you don't make the team, like you still can get paid pretty good, dog. Like if you just like look at those scholarship boards at the school, what your school can offer you. I don't want to get too far off subject because it's about sports, but man, there's so much unclaimed money at colleges. A lot of kids do not know about. To kind of piggyback piggyback off that, my senior year we had a coaching change. So with a coaching change means scholarships get readjusted. Some people get cut. Some people come in and my scholarship was cut. My scholarship was cut probably about by, by about a quarter. So legitimately, there was always this one scholarship in my school where it's mainly for foreign students. Every year that I went unclaimed. So legitimately, I got it because I was like, hey, I'm Kenyan. Like Bama said, wrote a goddamn one page essay about my heritage. And legitimately, I turned it in. An hour later, I got the email. Hey, you received the scholarship. Like when I tell you, I think a lot of people need to understand you can get scholarships for being left handed, just left handed. Like they give away so much money that a lot of people either you look at it or or you just don't think about it or you don't go to the right place. Or so it's like some of those like schools want to give you that money because it's because they want to claim that so they so they can balance their budget. Like, for instance, look at to give you USC's athletic budget. They break even. Absolutely. It makes absolutely no sense that they do. 
But you want to know why? So that they don't pay extra in taxes or extra fees or extra fees to university. So they're giving away these scholarships to kids so they can break even. So that it looks like they're not making that much money. Because the biggest thing, especially early before NIO, was like, they're, like college football is making billions of dollars. How come these kids aren't seeing any? But then the USC could be like, we're not making that much money. Look, we're breaking even. Or sometimes we're losing money. And a lot of these things also because they're giving away these scholarships. Like this isn't like oh, you're getting a thousand dollar scholarship. This is like five, like one that I got was five grand for just saying that I was Kenyan and proving it. And mm-hmm. I got five grand, and that was my full ride for my last year. So it's it's always out there. Just a lot of people don't know where to look, or they just don't look hard enough. Where I'm like, I've seen people pay use one thousand dollar scholarships to pay their tuition off, just random. Just keep getting a ton of them, and just keep paying those off. Hey, right. since we got the man in here. MJ, I ain't gonna bother you too much, bro. I ain't gonna bother. I know it's been rough, rough mm. couple three weeks, bro. Bro, it's been brutal. Me, I said some things about Jalen Hurts. Oh, he's an Eagles fan. I don't mean. I didn't. I, yeah, I don't yeah, bro. Mean yeah. In the past, I did mean it, but they were surfacing, and it's looking pretty. Thanks to me. Thanks Man. to me. <laughs> What's this? What's this topic? What's this topic? Hey, so so. Uh, hey, look, I, I'll, I'll give you a perfect intro. Jalen Hurts or Adrian Peterson? Which one is he? Which one is he? That's crazy. Jalen Hurts or Adrian Peterson? Who is he? I don't know because I thought he was a quarterback, but Bama two years ago called oh, Adrian man. Peterson. That's crazy. And against this Bro, Seahawks, it looks like that's all he two thirty two two And against the Seahawks, and against the Seahawks, that's that looked like that's all he could be. Hey, was hey, hey, okay. you know, other, other people? Hey, other you know people I love are, it, I see what you're doing out there, bro. I, I'm not gonna bother you. This is what I really want to talk to y'all boys about: Ravens versus 49ers preview, y'all. Bro, this is. Gonna be the game of the games coming up. I want to hear y'all thoughts, kicking it off about this game. What y'all think? Um, do y'all think this is the Super Bowl preview? This this could be a Super Bowl preview. Um, Potentially, it, it definitely could be, but it won't be. I, I think I think this game could decide the MVP vote. I think if Brock Purdy and the Niners win this game, and Brock Purdy has a game where he scores three touchdowns, Jalen's cooking right now. Three hundred yards. I think Brock Purdy's going to win the MVP without a doubt. Now, if he loses this game, then I think Baltimore makes a big statement. The MVP vote is still wide open. It's going, it's going, it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be a one possession game. But this is again, you said pre Super Bowl cursor, hundred percent. I, I still again look. I understand the Chiefs are not looking so great. You know, Tooney, the wide receiver, he's she, dude's about to get cut the way he's been playing, costing his team games. Um, but like yeah, it's just I, I I'm just I'm just not going against the Chiefs and Mahomes until I see it. It's just one of those things. I just have a feeling Mahomes is gonna do some magic in the playoffs, it's gonna be annoying. He's gonna somehow take this team to the Super Bowl. But big game, big game. And I, I do think I'll take the Ravens here. Shout out Lamar Jackson, never gets the praise he deserves. I will say yeah. this. It, this this feels like a heavyweight fight. Like, like both teams are going to come in there, and they both like to impose their wills on the other team. Mm-hmm. So I, the game's in Baltimore, right? No. Uh, it's in uh, San Francisco? At San Francisco, yeah. Ooh, damn. Okay. Who got that So it, it, I think San Fran will win the game, but it's going to be close. But also, I would have picked San Fran in Baltimore anyway because I just think they just, they're just a little bit – they just have a little bit too much in terms of firepower on both sides of the ball. But Lamar, the way Lamar has been playing, like you notice how Mookie didn't say nothing this week about Lamar and how he was playing last last week. No, so like, no, we don't need to go there. We don't need so to go there. so I I just I just think that um, 
if if the if the Ravens do win, I think John Harbaugh might put a little some like pull a little trick out of his bag because I'm also interested in the coaching matchup also. And the Ravens, I I don't know how the Ravens can win this game besides Lamar going crazy. But if they do win, that's Odell. how they do it. Odell, yeah, and 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 the court, yeah, the quarterback that wins this game. Is, and is going to be the MVP. Well, I wouldn't, I, yeah, like yeah. Dev said, I wouldn't go there to say that it's solely depending on Lamar. It's depending on Lamar and the defense because the Ravens' defense is mm-hmm. a top three defense in the NFL right now, and they got to play like so that against planning. the 49ers, which especially in terms of stopping that run game, which will be huge. And the Ravens have been one of the better pass rushes too, which will also be huge when come to Purdy because even though Purdy, I like his uh, off platform a bit. He's not elite. He's not like he's not gonna be a game changer with that. So you can get pressure on Purdy. My biggest thing from this right now, when it comes to the Ravens and the 49ers, because I think the 49ers are gonna win. Um, and it might be comfortable, not a blowout, but it might be a comfortable win. And that's because especially when Chase Young came to this team, Lamar Jackson, he's great. Sometimes he goes, Hey man, it's hard to tackle him. And I was watching the Jaguars game. I'm like, bro, how are you guys letting him go this way and then come all the way around and do that so easily? I'm like, what are you doing? When it comes down to what the Jaguars were doing, despite everything Lamar was doing, especially in the first half, they were still getting to Lamar Jackson. They were still bringing him down and making it very difficult difficult on him. I think the 49ers can do the exact same thing and counter the terrible offensive play. If the 49ers keep on scoring – and their offense has been dominant, and their pass rush gets to Lamar, then it should be, honestly, it should be a comfortable win, not a blowout for the 49ers. I feel like it's the same thing with both teams. Depending who pass rush kind of shows up, I feel like that's who's going to win because if you put pressure on any quarterback, you're going to struggle with Dingo Lamar. He's so dynamic this year. He's he's showing he can kill you with his arm or kill with the legs. I think that's the difference maker because the 49ers have struggled with some Rushing QBs are like dynamic QBs because even because even though they have Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Lamar still finds a way to get it kind of get away. I feel like the Ravens gonna kind of probably scheme him some more QB runs, some more. Des- I think there might be some more design runs, some more um quick. He probably gonna have him get the ball out quick out the playmakers' hands, kind of like Odell eat, Zay Jones eat. I think ultimately it'll be a close game, probably to come down to a field goal in that last possession. I'll probably edge the 49ers because I feel like Debo could also go off. I don't know if Kyle Hamilton's playing. If Kyle Hamilton is playing, then that's going to be a difference maker because he's been one of the better young safeties in the league. And obviously, Roquan Smith is probably a top three, top five linebacker in the game right now. So I, I really think it's going to come up who the defense at the end of the day, whose defense is going to show up, who, whose pass rush is going to come forward. And I do think. They both, they both, both some have, both teams have weaknesses. If they have, I think they're gonna attack the corners. I think the weakest part of the 49ers is secondary. I think the Ravens are gonna find a way to attack the corners or to find a way to like go on outside, get some runs going. To, what you know, a way to you spend know. New Year's, by the way. I say this too. I say this too, fellas. Don't be surprised because the Ravens is pretty much the AFC version of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Instead of using a receiver to add on to the run game, they use a quarterback. Lamar is pretty much Debo. He has the same same dynamic running ability. They come from like the same dynamic angles. They make the same dynamic plays. They bust the offenses open so so many ways. Pause. Then you got your Christian McCaffrey, which the Ravens got Gus Buzz. Uh, my guy Keaton Mitchell, who just hurt himself. Prayers for him. But anyway, oh, yeah, that's such your, a that's such a huge loss for them. <clears throat> 
but you get your guys right there. So much juice. I would rather if you say the Ravens are like the Eagles. I don't think that the Niners are so stacked, bro. Christian McCaffrey being the running back is such. Don't don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they they are just like ultra stacked on offense, but the way that they approach you, they they really want to beat you up, just how the 49ers do. The 49ers come in, dog, and they come in, they roll their sleeves up. And this is an old school bar fight. We're going to pull guard tackle. We're going to pull Trent Williams. We're going to lead Kyle Use check up. We're going to just constantly over and over punch you in the mouth. And then we're not going to put ourselves in negative yardage situations. So now our defense come back in favorable situations. Not only are they the top defenses in the league, they're, they're well rested from us running the ball all game. And if we do go three and out, we're going three and out on, on, on your 40 or 35. Sometimes we punt. Now you pent down in a two going against these top defenses. So unlike a defense having to come out there like the, the Chargers, they come out there in a shitty situation and then you, you expect them uh, to, 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 to bail you out. No, these defenses come out in favorable situations and they come out rested from these guys – Four minutes, five minutes, six minutes off off time possessions in that drive. That's what the Ravens present. That's what the Niners present. I feel like that's why the Ravens always because you remember like back when they was being racist with Lamar, the Niners was crying about how they couldn't see the ball when he was he was really making them look bad running the ball in the rain. Lamar really the last time he mm. played the Niners, he made them look horrible in the rain, bro. In the rain, he shook one dude twice in one play. Like that was really insane. So. This is we, such I, a crazy matchup, man. Christmas, such that's a, a crazy good game. Matchup. That's the best present. It should be a good game. game. Also, Keaton Mitchell is out for their season. Yeah, so that's yeah. a huge against their uh, yeah. the Ravens because he was their home run hitter. He was 100% their home run hitter and made big plays. I'm so Justin Hill, that, Edwards, I don't know. I am worried that this game is not going to be as good as y'all think. I'm worried <clears> that it's going to be a blowout one way or another. I saw the Ravens struggle stopping the run against Tyron Williams and that terrible O-line, which certain individuals think they're only good because of Matt Stafford. But then I saw them the next week against a better running back and a better O-line, shut them down. The 49ers, when they lose, they can't run the ball. And I still believe, I don't care that Trent Williams is there. I still believe their O-line is overrated. I believe it's Trent Williams and everybody on this panel. (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> the Ravens have, I mean, the, the 49ers, and it was really the Eagles game to me, dominated the line of scrimmage on offense, which was something I was not expecting. They actually, they actually did it on both sides of the ball, which I, I thought it was going to be more of an even matchup. They made that Eagles D-line, which we know is the strength of that team, look weak. They, they made them look like they didn't belong. And that's a shame because Jalen Carter, them boys can play. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox is still serviceable. They have a rotation and a pretty good one. But it's kind of like which one is going to show up. I don't know. I don't know if the if the 49ers we saw against the Eagles is going to show up. Or I don't know if the 49ers we saw against the Vikings is going to show up. With that, in that, in there, I don't know if they're, you're, we're going to see that version I, again. I don't think, I, I don't I think, think we're going to know. No, no, but my point, no, but my point, my point is, though, because I know, obviously, I'm not going to ignore the fact that Trent and Debo were hurt. Clearly, that hurt that, that hurt that offense more than we think. However, I'm very much like, especially with the way this season has gone, 
somebody got to get caught eventually. Somebody got to get caught eventually. And I just don't think it's going to... I low-key... I just don't know which side it's going to happen on, but I can see a two-possession, 17-point win because they just got dominated. Now, obviously, when you look on paper, that defense, both sides, it should be a close game. I believe the spread is like two and a half. Like, it should be a close game. But I just don't know if both teams are really going to show up and just give their best. I think, bro, the question – sorry about that. I'm in the train. But, like, the question should be, bro, about the Ravens. Because the 49ers, I'll give them their props. They proved themselves. It's we 16. We know what this team is. They blown everybody out. They done blowed the Cowboys out, blowed the Eagles out. That you know, offensive line when Trent is in there is the best O-line in the NFL. So I don't feel like they should have any questions. If you want to question Brock Purdy, that's the only thing in terms of what happens if Lamar and these guys jump out to a 14-0 to zero lead like the Eagles could have done, but what happened? They sell for field goals. So on the Raiders' yeah. side, they have to, have to, have to convert in the red zone because if you're playing a team like the 49ers, your defense can only do so much. Like, they're going to put up points regardless. But right. if your defense can, if your defense can, you know, hold them, you know, to a field goal, whatever, that's a win. And you got to come back and get and get a touchdown. So my but question that's what is, with, is that, that's my question is with the Ravens, if they can get have the offense that can capitalize, you know. I think we're being disingenuous about the Ravens. The Ravens are also, so. are we? Hold on, hold on, hold on, so. hold on, hold on. Let me, let me explain. So the Ravens are also walking in one, winning four games since their last week. And the only time in okay. my opinion, I thought they looked shaky was against the Rams. But they, they won comfortably against the Bengals. They won, okay, 2010 against the Chargers. And then the, they, like, like G Baby said, they handled the Jaguars. Whether or not you say well, the Jaguars could have done this and that, the defensively. But that didn't but in happen. The first half, so, like the, the Jaguars mostly kind of bit themselves in the foot, to be honest. And, and when we look, and the reason why, the reason why, because going back to uh, MJ's point, reason why, because he talked about it, red zone. Here's what I said. Sorry, unfortunately, I don't know without Mark Andrews if they're going to be effective in the red zone against this defense. Who we could say what they want about the the skill set of the secondary. As a unit, they are solid. They are really, really good. They they lock up when they need to. As a unit, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be like they very well could. The 49ers can lay an egg. I'm not I, like that's why I said it's either way. But what scares me about the Ravens is their ability to convert in the red zone. Even though I like Zay, he might not play. And I love Odell, one of my favorite players. I don't know. I don't know. He's still well, I, he's still a question mark at this point. The the, the only reason yeah. I'm saying this, obviously, like I see a lot of people in the chat bringing up the Ravens getting injured, but they're always injured. Like yeah. if there's one team that can kind of manage the, the injury bug that always seems to hit them every year, it's this team. And they're walking in. I think they have the superior what do you mean coach. By manage? Like they so obviously they're managing. They they manage their injuries the best. Like since they manage their injuries the best because they're always the hurt. Losing, Outside of that one year where they lost their whole secondary, I believe what it was like eleven people off their secondary yeah, last year. They it, was last, it, was, it was last year, I thought, or one of the years. Or, yeah, yeah, last year or but, the year before. Yeah. Besides that year where they just lost so many people, they've always consistently lost people. Mm-hmm. They've managed to 
outside of losing Lamar, they Lamar, are. And yeah. then, shit, even they look like they could have won that sure. playoff game versus the Bengals without Lamar. So the Ravens, I would probably say, out of all the teams, they manage injuries the best. So and that's, only, I'm, that's so, you got to get credit to Coach Harbaugh for that too. I think and that's I'll a really say, big I'll edge say, for the Ravens right there. I think that's and, a really big say, edge for them. And, and I'll say this too before you go, bro. Uh, if the Ravens win this with the Lions, and you know, at first I had Dan Campbell as coach of the year, but I don't know, I, I ain't like some of their results. I know they did better, but I'm gonna be looking at at Coach Harbaugh as the coach of the year with all the injuries they've had to be number one in the AFC. Uh, for me, I don't think MJ, I don't think MJ. Will, and, they, I don't, and they beat the 49ers. I'm no, MJ, well, I don't think you, he's gonna be when I see I John Harbaugh. I think of Eric Spolstra. Excellent coaches that just won't get the coach of the year award. They just won't get yeah, it. Yeah, and, and especially because the coach of the Which year award shit, has he ever won? Nobody, nobody's gonna get a coach of the year award for Spolstra? doing what we expect yeah. you to do. Yeah, exactly. We're, nobody's gonna get a coach of the year award for them doing to be a what number one seed, though. I expected them to have this. No, no, no. I expected them to have this many wins. I didn't think they was going to be the one seed because I thought the Chiefs were going to look much better than they had. That's the only reason why. Like I, but what what are what are they? Eleven and three. If you go back and and look at their schedule on paper, at most you probably think ten and four at this point because with Lamar, at the very least you know. No, because I think I think what they're doing, what they're doing, um, what's it called? When you look at Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's, I think it's his job to lose. I think I think those two coaches, Shane Steichen Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's, to me, I think whoever's winning coach of the year depends on where they end where they end up in their seating. If the Colts make the playoffs uh, and the Texans don't, it's going to Shane Steichen. If D'Amico Ryan's gonna make the playoffs, it's going to D'Amico. Because it, it's neck and neck between them two, right? Yeah, now, because they Shane both find a way to win without their without their yeah, and Shane Sykin doing with a backup and the Texans, we all just expected <clears> four games. Like yeah. four after, y'all, after y'all, after y'all go give y'all coach of the years, can I lead into the next question? What would it take for either uh uh one quick second? What would it take for either Reek or CMC to win the uh, MVP? But continue with the coaches of the year. I like that. But I just want to know what would it take for Reek or CMC to because you brought up a point, y'all yeah. said this is the pretty much this is Lamar or Brock Purdy's MVP game. That's pretty much what y'all just oh, said. I, oh, but just, in my head, in my head, I'm thinking, shit, Brock Purdy, you're not even the best player on this team. Talk CMC, about it, which is why I think Tyreek Hill should still be the MVP. Oh, I don't so, know. Not on, oh, yeah. so what would it take? He needs a record, though. Tyreek, you, you need the record now. He needs the record. I need the record now. I think if he hits 90. Or, or at least get 190. He still deserves What is Tyreek Hill at right now? What is he's at fifteen right something, fifteen something, right? Now. He's still. I think he's probably will hit seventeen hundred. Yeah, he's still like two hundred yards above whoever's next. How many? How many yards? How many yards a game does he need to average? He was averaging like one twenty-five. Like hundred. He needs like a hundred like yards. Hundred. Like the, so missing a game is huge for him, yeah. and then obviously not really playing. I think he needs like, like well because he was hurt. He's at, so he's at fifteen. He's at fifteen forty-two, right? So to get two K specifically, he would need four hundred and. 50 yards. 458 yards. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so it's over. Cooked. 
His okay, so then, so then if J- okay, so if Tyreek Hill does not play, Jalen Hurts didn't win MVP after missing two games. He's not getting it if he misses a second game. So I, then, I, at that point, so then at that point, it should be CMC. But with precedent, CMC has not really done anything. He's also historic. CMC has not done anything historic to win that award. Yeah, the last running that. back to win that award, if I'm not mistaken, Adrian was Peterson. Adrian and Adrian what Peterson. did he do? He After almost broke ACL, the, the rushing record. <laughs> right? I, I, well, I ain't going to say he ain't done nothing historic. He no, I'm historic saying historic enough crazy. to win. No, historic Whoa. enough to win the award. CGB, well, that's what that's my no, 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 that's my because you're, you're counting that touchdown record. That's from last year, too. Uh, no, 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 MJ? I'm talking, I'm no key point historic enough to Bro, win. But it's, it's relative. So, for me, when it comes to because I was thinking about it, and every time I think about Purdy, even though I was like in the beginning of the year, I was like, it's possible he can win it, but I never thought he was going to win it. And every time I think about Purdy winning the MVP, I'm like, Bro, I don't think he's the third best offensive player on his team. So it always throws me off when it comes to the 49ers. And it literally solidifies the idea that best quarterback, best team, anything else doesn't matter. Because even Patrick Mahomes, he's the best offensive player on his team. Aaron Rodgers, the best offensive player on his team. Uh, Lamar Jackson, best offensive player of this team. Purdy's not even top three. So now it's really just a quarterback award. It really is. My my thing for CMC, because I looked into it, Yes, CMC is not having a historical season. Neither is like Lamar or Purdy. But yes, CMC is not having a historical season. But his stats and his performance compared to the second best running back is far, like far in between. Like he has like that again. His performance, his stats compared to the second best running back in terms of stats is far in between. So he has like I think he has around thirteen hundred rushing yards. Second place is around nine hundred. So he's about three hundred rushing yards. Above second place. So you're saying based on position, the gap is, is – Yeah, the gap between the McCaffrey and the rest of the field is yeah. huge right now. Much, Especially much, much bigger than the quarterbacks. The much quarterback bigger than the quarterbacks. I just like, obviously, I we know he's uh, having a hella touchdowns. He may finish with like maybe 25 touchdowns this season. Now, Mostert got Western 20 receiving. himself. That would be a close to a record. He'd be top five all time in terms of total touchdowns. So that's something you can bring up. But his value, his performance compared to his position, and the fact that he's the most important player on the best team in football in terms of the offense, like McCaffrey, I, I yes, quarterback is favored more, but I don't see a case for Purdy other than just being the quarterback on the team, especially compared to McCaffrey. As I, I right think now. The, the, the toughest part, Bama, is that this year was like the one year it felt like there's no dominant quarterback to take the award, right? Whether it was Mahomes. If Mahomes, let's just say Mahomes was, was it, uh, 12 and 2 right now. I think with with how bad his his uh core is and if he was 12 and 2, it'd be his no problem. But the problem sure. is the problem is is just that there's no dominant quarterback to take the award that we also have to account for the times now. If Cooper Cup did win MVP after having the historical season he did and they didn't he did he was even uh was even like uh number 2 in MVP consideration. I don't remember. But if he doesn't get that and the last time, the, yeah, the last time the uh, uh, okay. a non a non quarterback won the award. I was about random, to say, to be fair, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers literally went thirty seven and four. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not, yeah. not only did he have team. a great season, the, the, no, random because I'm with you. Yeah. But not only did he have a great season, but also he was by far the best player on his team. Yeah. So so and then Tom Brady that reason, year too, who was second, 
through yeah. 5K again, 43 and 12. The, right? the, the, only, the only reason I'm saying that is because right now it's the it feels like the only way a non-quarterback can win that award is that you have to legitimately do something that nobody at your position has ever done before, basically. So CMC has to have an Adrian Peterson type season. Like uh, Tyree Kill, if he doesn't get hurt, I think we're looking at him. He's at like the way he was going. Well, he's at seventeen hundred right now. Yeah, yeah. If like, he didn't get hurt. Yeah, and and and, and we're sitting there like because oh, right now he's still two hundred yards above AJ Brown in in terms of his receiving yards. So you have to break the two K was so important because I sat there. And I said this two weeks ago, if if Tyreek Hill gets 2K and you look at him right in the face and then give that MVP award to Brock Purdy or Lamar, then no non quarterbacks ever going to win MVP. No non quarterback well, is. I, I think we have to realize now. I mean, I knew that last year. I knew that when Cooper Cup got the triple crown. And so it was crazy, but this will be even worse. Like this will 100% be even worse for a quarterback to win an award this year. No. Maybe Purdy's right. Or and you just uh, give a quarterback like a like a Cy Young type award like this is just the, for the best quarterback and then MVP becomes I'm, more. I'm gonna say this, I think bro. George Kittle was talking about it too when it comes it's to MVP. It's been a lot of good quarterback play, but this probably been the worst year for quarterbacks. This is the yeah, this it, is, it the is in a year, wa- right? in a long yeah, exactly. time, in a long, in a long time. time. A lot of quarterbacks like low key since bad. like twenty like like since 2010, 09. Like that's how long I think it's been. You could probably take it back further to like 07, low key. McCaffrey and Tyreek yeah. had a chance, had a chance to really, to really, to really win it this year because of the because of the how down the quarterback year is compared to other years, and no quarterback throwing for five thousand or forty plus t- touchdowns, things of that nature. But the problem is with Tyreek, he got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, I thought he would probably be first. I think first. I think he would have broken the record in yeah, sixteen exactly. games, and then that last record. game would have just been him padding stats. Exactly, and and it was CMC. It's just the numbers aren't quite there at any at, at any sort of historic level. For him to kind of deserve, like if they go back and see, okay, he rushed for 1400 yards, you know, 16 touchdowns. That's cool, but is it an MVP caliber season? So that's the problem. Now, if it, if Tyreek doesn't break the record, I, I think, I think, it's I don't know, 1500 rushing yards. Does McCaffrey have a chance to do a thousand? He might have again? like over, he definitely will have over 2000, maybe over 2200 scrimmage. No, yards I'm thinking like the thousand, 25 touchdowns, rushing that's yards, all time great CBR. running back you, season. You, you, know, what what I, you know what I think, too? You know what I think? I think. This is gonna sound so disrespectful, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful. I'm I am prefacing my comments because I am not trying to discredit McCaffrey. Mm. But I genuinely I feel no, I genuinely feel I genuinely feel if quarterback play was just up to regular, like maybe nobody going stupid, but just people playing at that level, I don't think he would be in the conversation at all. I don't yeah, think he would have ever been man. brought up in that conversation. He's cooked, I mean, man. look, look, in terms, the of, Niners, MVP, this year? Yeah, Niners, in terms of MVP, I don't think he would have ever been brought up. I think nah, if, you, I think of Mahomes, Jalen, uh, Burrow, if all of them would have just oh, played sure. at regular yeah, level, sure. at the regular level. If Josh Allen was winning more record, games, bro, I, I, I think, oh, Josh, if Josh Allen, if Josh, if Josh Allen was winning more games, it'd be his award. If Josh Allen had a 10 and 4 record instead of a 6 and or 8 and 6 record. He'd be the MVP. Yeah, he'd be If McCaffrey has three touchdowns against the Ravens, if he has a three touchdown game, then he probably gets bumped to first. Right now, it's a week to week basis. But you see, to week me, week I don't think one game. I, I, I you think need something. You need something eye opening, Jalen. They're going to give say, it. They're going to give it to a quarterback. I wait. Mean, two two hundred Dell said though. Move you up and down though. I, I, I hear you. It's so close. It's so close this year. One game. It's literally moving every week. Guess what? Last week, last week was Dak Prescott was in the lead. Last week, Dak Prescott was going to be like, okay, he's the guy. If he won last week's game and had a great game, 
he would he would have a kind of a significant lead to MVP. But he lost. if he beat the 49ers, he would have been locked. Exactly. Right been, but I think that Brock I don't Purdy, think he would have a significant lead, Jalen, because we will all just go back. Remember when you play the 49ers and Brock Purdy has done nothing to make you to make his MVP case even less. Right, if there's a stat. Uh, hold on, hold on, Bama, real quick. There's a stat about Brock Purdy. He's top. I believe he's top five in passing yards, yet he's last in pass attempts. That's impressive. Like, so I'm oh, like, here yeah, I brought out a step in terms of uh, leading in terms of uh, yards. I think what was it? Either yards after catch or just total yards, but, but not being able to get past ten yards. But he's still like high in terms of passing. Yeah, I was yards. about to. I was about to say because there's uh, and there was a and this stat was for a game. I don't. I think it was the one where they beat the Eagles. All them yards he had, he had one throw. One throw past 10 yards, past 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. The way the play, five, a lot of them much. throws, a lot of them throws were like seven, eight yards below. Yeah, Two yeah. of his touchdowns were five yards below. The way the Eagles played, he didn't need the to do slant that. To Debo, that slant to Debo that he took mm-hmm. was a three-yard slant. It's it's, it's, I, like, it's like Eli Manning numbers. He would throw a five-yard slant to Odell and he would take 80 yards. It would See, show uh, why do we touchdown. have to bring up Eli Manning? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, I just want to ask y'all this real quick. Mm-hmm. If the rest of these quarterbacks just go to shit, uh, Purdy, Lamar, Dak, Tua, everybody just play like shit these last two games, and McCaffrey or some other skill positions, I guess, have the two best games of their season. Do a, another position win. It should. So hypothetically. With, with hypothet- your, I know it probably with, won't happen. Yeah, but with your hypothetical, if Tyreek plays this week, it should go to Tyreek because he's been the most non-quarterback consistent offensive mm-hmm. player all year. He's been the most consistent. Ironically, I think they need like a Heisman game. Like they need a really loud game. And then all of a sudden, like people be like, why are we not going to give the, the MVP to McCaffrey or Tyreek? Because if Tyreek comes back and he gets 200, let's say he just gets 200 on the Cowboys, scores a couple touchdowns, people would be like, that's it. That's the guy. Especially in your hypothetical. Which he could if he really sure. wanted to. He could. He could. Glad they covered him. I will bring up another name. So I was surprised when I was looking up some information regarding McCaffrey. Kyron Williams, despite missing multiple games, is fourth oh, yeah. in the league in rushing yards. He is fourth in the league in rushing yards after missing multiple games. Because he's averaging if, like, what, five, six yards a carry? Yeah, he's Almost. going nuts. If he played all the games, he'd be. Bro, he could have broke 2K. Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. Uh, Riddell 2K don't hit the same because when Henry did it, what if what MVP consideration was he getting? No, he was he was definitely in no, he was getting MVP consideration, but did we really believe he was going to win the award? Well, there was a chance, but who won it that year? Because I I'm think that person was I was that not the year Mahomes went 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 stupid? Was that not that year? I thought okay. I thought it was a year after that. Let me let me do, let me double check. I'll double check. By the way, but, I, he, but Derek Henry, Henry definitely hurt. got consideration. Yeah, if Derek Henry doesn't get hurt best, that next year, he was gonna do it. He was gonna 2K. do back to back two K. I think because he, he he when he got hurt, he had eleven. He had eleven hundred. This was twenty twenty. This was twenty twenty. So twenty. Who won the MVP twenty twenty? Aaron Rodgers because he went what forty five or four. Oh Jesus Christ! So. Yeah, but he definitely oh. got consideration. I know. I know he got consideration, but it was like one of those that's like. I I think I think I think forty eight and five. I'm sorry, he went forty eight and five. I think he's cooked because if if you you have to have that one year where all the all the quarterbacks don't play as well, plus you have a few big injuries at the quarterback position, and you have to have a historic season as a non quarterback, you're cooked. Just make it an award for quarterbacks. Just do that. 
give him the call it the Joe Montana Award and give it and give it and give it to the best quarterback so that MVP can actually be what it says most valuable player because even Purdy said it himself. Quarterbacks quarterbacks are inherently most valuable, usually, but also too. We all know that for years, nobody ever follow you. Nobody ever follows most valuable because there are players that are more valuable to their team than some of these guys winning it, but they don't have the record to show for it and they never win. Because if we go by the if we go by the uh stigma of who's most valuable, you would see a lot more MVP winners on losing teams. No, no, a no. lot more because that wouldn't mean they're valuable then, G baby. Well, because really if you take them, if you if you let's just say this, if you take away, look, look at let's look at the Chiefs team right now. Just just saying it. Take away Mahomes. How bad that's, is that? That is team? that is the first round pick. But, that is the but, first round but pick. how bad is that team? But but look, that's what makes more value. Yeah. His value though, random, like because mm-hmm. he's able to win. He's the we can literally sit there and be like, he is the reason they are a playoff team and why oh. they are are able to go to the Super Bowl. If you look at somebody like a Cal Pitts or something like that, or a Bijan, you can sit there and be like, yeah, those boys are the most valuable players. Okay, on the so, team, but they production really don't lead you. They would need a, a okay, so, so Bama, here's a, so Bama, here's a, 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 a to come in. Oh, so Bama, Josh here's Aaron a rebuttal to this. Bama, here, here's my little rebuttal to that. Because this is why I say I think, like, I think if you're going to go most valuable, when I look at most valuable, it's like, if you take this person off that team, how big is the drop-off? So I'm going to hit you, which is why I say, because you said that, well, that's where they show their value by the winning. So I'm going to ask you a genuine question. Who to you do you think is more valuable to their team? Brock Purdy or Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford. Come on. Right? But but even though, but even though now they just got up to a seven and seven record, but San Francisco 11 and three, right? But that's my thing. Most valuable, I look at if your team fall, if you take this player off that team, how big is the drop off? If you took Brock Purdy off that team, we've already seen for years that the drop off isn't big because Jimmy G came in there, was perfectly fine. You could throw pretty much any top 15 quarterback there. And they might not run the same plays, but they'll be just fine. You take Matt Stafford off the Rams, the next level guy or the next guy they have on their roster, that's a pretty big drop off. So, probably quick said question: Tyreek more valuable than Tua? Go ahead, random. Oh, I was I was gonna I mean, say we know. Like, we know. Whoa! Yeah. I think Tua. I mean, Tua is more valuable. Oh, Tua is more valuable. I disagree. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Just because they played, won that one two, game, don't let I was about to say, you. Tua played great against a defense that's been making quarterbacks look bad all year. So I'll give Tua that, but no, no, no. So this, also, this, I do so, think Tua deserves – if we're going to go this whole quarterback, should win it, whatever, all that kind of BS with Brock Purdy, Tua should be in the same conversation. I'm not going to lie. Tua should be if in the same If Tua wins this week, I wouldn't be surprised. But, but the thing is, Tua hasn't been mentioned in these MVP talks at all. And there was one game behind week, the – one game behind the – if he wins, I he, yeah, he might legitimately be might be the front runner. If he wins, he was front runner in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think off. he might legitimately yeah, be the front runner after yeah. if he beats the Cowboys. He might be the front. Runner. If he beats because his stats are still like arguably the best in the league right now. So I don't. I mean, I don't want to vote for Tua or Purdy, but if Purdy's in the conversation, but I mean, if we look at if we look at precedent, 
Like, my thing is, I'm not going to sit here and act like precedent ain't going to play a factor. Come on, Fred. Of course. <laughs> the precedent is going to play a factor, and so quarterback might win it this year. We still might get a year where a well, quarterback wins it. But, like, should he? No. So, but so this is question. like an anomaly. This is like an anomaly year because every other year, even with Derrick Henry, we went crazy. Aaron Rodgers won it that year. Nobody was complaining. So, quick you know question. What I mean? Yeah, quick question for everybody. Yeah. Who do you Quentin. think is your actual most valuable player? Because I think, in my opinion, it might just be uh, Josh Allen. It should have been Tyreek Hill, but it's actually Miles Garrett. Mahomes. He's won games for them. He's won games for them. It should like like it should be my like for me. If I if the season if you were telling me to pick my vote, only reason why I wouldn't give it to Tyreek is because he's missed, or he's about to make his second straight game, and I don't think Miles Garrett's missed one. And he's been hurt too. Didn't he mess up his shoulder or something? Some games like ago. So and he's I don't still playing. The exact thing, but he won the he me, won the Colts game by himself. Yeah, if it was me, I'd be giving it to Miles Garrett because they are still in the playoff race and second in their division. They might clinch this week. Yeah, by they the might way, clinch a berth this week because of him. By by the way, I don't no, think he's, a the, main, he's player, the main he's the main reason. He's I don't the, think a defensive player is ever going to win the MVP again. Yeah, if JJ Watt didn't win it, he's not going to win it. Yeah, JJ Watt didn't win it that year. Where he caught five touchdown passes, and, 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 did he, did, and he was top five year. in sacks, right? He was top yeah, five. Yeah, like sacks. yeah, like if JJ Watt didn't win, I gave up on defensive winning MVP. Uh, quick, he quick did everything super chat, fellas, team. and then we'll everything. get into the next subject. Nick from Tri-State with the five dollars. Feel your logic, G baby. MVP is a win award. Two only reason Stafford not going to get um, MVP is a win award. Two only reason Stafford not going to get any consideration. The seven wins. If the Rams was tennis four, different story. I want y'all to weigh in on this and Thursday night football Saints versus Rams. Dude. If the Rams were ten and four, I think McVay's the coach of the year. No, I think McVay's another. He'd be, no, he'd be in the discussion. The he'd be, I, he'd, he'd be, be the because it's the same argument with D'Amico and Shane. Nobody thought they would be here, mm-hmm. but if they were ten and four. No first round picks. No first round picks. Yeah, baby. Hey, hey, fuck, hey, you. F them picks look good, but now you need the picks. <laughs> I'm I bought the shirt. Low, I bought the shirt. The so I got they it. Can key, hey, they can low key still make the playoffs, though. And you know, right. they're, the, they're the actually, they play the Saints right now. The Saints are the seventh seed or sixth let me, seed. Let me check. Rams I, got it right, I got it right here. I got it right so here. So this is huge for playoffs for the Rams. The Saints, Saints are the ninth seed. The Rams are the seventh. But literally, Yes, he is. But literally, because obviously you have your division winner. Literally yeah, six through nine are all tied to seven seven. Rams gotta win. And I believe if, they will. The if the Rams make the playoffs, what's what's the I guess the only reason what's the reason why you don't give Sean McVay the coach of the year? Because Shane Steichen because Shane Steichen made the playoffs. No, because yeah, Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's had a little bit more to overcome. And if we're being honest, Sean McVay had been talked about all year for him to then all of a sudden randomly start winning. If he's not in the conversation beginning of the year or like midway through, he ain't gonna get it. If like, he beats yeah, the Ravens, he be beat the Ravens. We'll be talking about him like that. At the end of the like, day, I mean, I really still like, say that bailed by a, a punk turn because the Ravens were about to lose that game. The way they were playing and the momentum, they were about to lose that game. But oh yeah, that punk return hey, is great. Special teams matters too. But uh, oh, yeah, what about Stefanski? Yeah, we don't give the Browns coach man. any love either. And the, and yeah, I think he ain't been the, in the combo all year. But That's they, really I think what it's been. He ain't been in the convo all year. Some, one of the commentators said a quarter of their cap is on IR right now. A quarter well, random, you're adding a lot of context that they don't care about. All, when crazy. it comes down to it, the expectation versus the reality is the biggest determiner in terms of coaching year. And D'Amico Ryan and Shane Steichen with 
Um, especially Shane, especially uh, Shane Steichen without his rookie quarterback and D'Amico Ryan's being the team that nobody expected to be good. Like their their narrative is too strong. Similar. The Browns are on Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. No, 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 that no, Browns no, but, but random. That narrative came midway into the year. This Shane Steichen and uh and uh, D'Amico Ryan's because let's be real, narrative plays a part in it. Yeah, that it that Texans narrative was there since week one. And it was like, oh, oh CJ might be a a dude. Oh, okay. And then they beat the Jags. And it was like, oh, okay. Okay, this is this okay. They might be better. Because there's multiple people that I you could argue has a coach of the year uh conversation, like Kevin Stefanski for sure. He had he went through like three quarterbacks and they just kept on winning games. But Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan's are solid. And be a regarding Matthew Stafford, I'm gonna shift it a little bit. If Kirk Cousins was healthy all season, he would be the MVP. I stand that. Ooh, I stand I that. disagree with he that. He would have been. He was having. He was playing the best football in terms of the beginning of the year. Well, that means Jettis is going off, right? Great against the best teams, the Chiefs. Well, Jettis wouldn't be there, and so yeah, Jordan Addison, and him rocking. Hey, man. hey, hey he Jordan first, Addison he is nice, well. but I don't think Kirk Cousins would be the MVP. No, he did I, well I without Jefferson, though. He did well without Jefferson. Did Jefferson get hurt before uh, Kirk got hurt? I yeah. think Kirk got hurt. Yeah. I think Kirk was only out one game. Or only played one game without Justin Jefferson. And that's the one where they beat the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, they did beat them. So and, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I don't I, I'm not I'm not going and, and the current that, Vikings but. playing better with the Brian Flores with the defense playing better, the offensive line playing better, and the run game is still terrible. I'm not gonna what was the, the second game. part of that super chat, Bama? He asked us about a game, right? Yeah, the uh I asked about the Thursday night football, Rams Respect versus Kirk. Saints. To read the lean into it because he was just saying with the Rams. I think the Rams, the Rams are the better team. Score. The Rams are the better team, in my opinion. Um, every time it's like I have no belief that I get surprised every time Derek Carr plays well now. And I and I he actually played well last game. He know. did play well, but it's it's like that's in for some reason to me it feels like it's more of the anomaly than what has actually been going on. And are they are they at New Orleans for that game? Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. Derek Carr could still be a Derek Carr could still be. Yeah. So I, I this, Carr, the, so the 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 Rams have the Rams have in my opinion the better quarterback, the better coach, running back. Yeah. And at this point right now, I know if people don't want to hear it. It's a toss up. Um. Even but, and, and Puka Puka's a bet. I think Puka Loki might be the best receiver on the field. Okay, so stop. it is. It is. It, relax, 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 relax. Because because Derek Carr is not going to because Derek Carr will hamper the the Saints. Receivers. No, no. That's Cooper right. Cup is still the best. Yeah, like relax, like relax, gang. Like they they gonna yeah. feed Puka and Cooper Cup is missed. Cooper Cup is only has missed like what six games this year. Like so, yeah. Puka Puka the the one when he ain't there. But I don't know, man. I saw that diving catch of the rain. And that was adorable, man. And Cooper Cup is adorable. That adorable. Might be, that that might be the, the year. year. You are disrespectful. Okay, that might so be let me catch of the year. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me let no me gloves? It was a great catch, but the reason I said it was adorable because that's nice. It doesn't mean he's better than Cooper Cup. Sir, yeah. yeah. that might be the catch. Cooper of the Cup. Year. Hey, I, it might be. I ain't gonna say but Cooper better, Cup is. But... I'm not gonna lie, he's showing he's showing his skills off. That he's a guy. That the way guy. he wears no gloves and the way he's able to catch the ball wearing no gloves in the NFL. I don't think you guys understand when it comes to catching the ball in the NFL versus college, that no stripe on the ball, that little white line in college. Huge. I don't think y'all know how much of a cheat that is. Huge for him to a- be able to go out there and track the ball he the way he does without good. Do y'all know how hard that NFL football is? Pause like. Is hard, ultra slick, like 
dog. I, I don't know, bro. I, I oh, feel Bam, random, bro. Bama, I'm with you. No, but do you think? Do you think if he did wear gloves, he wouldn't lead the league in drops in the in the NFL? Who could lead so, the league in drops? Yes, he wears gloves too. He does wear gloves, but what I'm saying is he stands out because this is like the first time of me seeing receivers just not wearing gloves, like since what my boy that played for the maybe? Raiders, like early 90s. Yeah, who my boy that played for the Raiders, uh Tim Brown. I, I yeah. think that's our uh, last receiver that didn't wear gloves, bro. Like, I give it to you. I like so, and so the thing the thing about the thing about uh Puka, like Puka is a guy, Puka, and I'm I'm not gonna hold you. Because I, I, I think I watch a good amount of college football. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think he was going to be this. And then for the people who don't watch college football like that, I don't think they knew who this man was. I right? I didn't, I, didn't. Think, I didn't think he was going to be this. So he's a guy. I'll give you that. He's a guy, top 25, whatever you want to say. I'll stand What school he went to? I didn't know who the hell BYU. Uh, BYU. Let, me, let me find out. Was it not? Oh, was it wow. not BYU? Wow. Or am I mixing up? Yes, yes, it is BYU. Me. It is yeah, BYU. Yeah, I was going to say, I got to swore. Like I'm saying, like, I wasn't watching no BYU games. I'm not going to sit here and cap about that. I wasn't watching no BYU games. I could care less. I knew the name, but I ain't, I wasn't watching no BYU. I didn't think he was gonna be this though. And he's showing he's a guy because let's be remember Cooper Cup started the year on IR, so we was like, dang, they rolling with two two fantastic. And they rolling with two two and Tyler Higby, yeah. and then this Puka the cool guy shows up, and it's like, oh, who, who's right. this? And then he kept doing it, and then when Cooper Cup came back. That was the thing because you know Matt Stafford off the rip. When Cooper Cup came back, Puka Nakua is still eating. Puka Nakua is still doing his thing. So it's like, okay, you've seen, hey, you guys might have just drafted a gem. Because the man can run routes. He's got really good hands. I like, yeah, he lead the league of jobs, but I mean, that that's always his good. stats yeah, are crazy. He's still, good. he's still good. His stats are yeah. crazy. Eighty-seven catches for eleven hundred sixty-three yards. I wish he could score more touchdowns, but that just be might be because once they Tyron get inside Williams, the goal line, he keeps keeps taking them all. Tyron the Williams, man, he came out of nowhere too. The Rams just had like three players that came out. They're, of nowhere. They're great drafters. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say he came out of nowhere. Now that was one person that's because y'all know I'm a running back here. I was watching him at Notre Dame. He had like A1 vision, bro. Like, I was kind of sick because I think he got hurt his rookie year. His initial rookie year last year, he got hurt or something. So he wasn't able to play. And I think they were still kind of experiment with uh, Cam, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. Yeah. So they were still trying to give him a chance. And, and, and the other dude, uh, Henderson. Henderson was he other? fell off a, oh my God, talk about cliffs. Oh my Lord, bro. Like, he jumped off the Titanic, Darrell Henderson. Like, because yeah. he was actually serviceable. And then, once Cam Akers went trash, it's just like both of them together, boom, trash. Like, and 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 then Kyron took his job and got him kicked out the team. Crazy, yeah, that's, 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 that's some dog stuff right there. That's why I do like uh, Kyron Williams. I was just waiting on him to uh, uh, start doing what he's doing right now. Um, I like I I think like you say I that'll be good if they they make it to the playoffs. I know you a Saints fan, G baby, but. If you look so at that Rams team, it's not bad at all. It's not at all. Even with, it's not at all. even with, I'm, I'm just talking about. It's not that bad. Right you now, got two defense. good receivers. You but, got a, you, you got yeah. a mid tight end, a good running back. I'm like, gonna keep it real. Going into this season, G, maybe if you're just looking at it, all bias aside, all the nasty shit. Keep it real. Even with Derek Carr, that looked like that was going to be a promising team, bro. Like, yes, bro. They should be easily the best team in that division. Bro, bro. They should be the best team in that division. I'm going to repeat what I said because, you know, sometimes people get caught in, oh, this your team, yada, yada, yada. When we signed Derek or when we knew we were signing Derek Carr, I came on this platform and I they were like, G-Baby, how you feel about Derek Carr as your new quarterback? 
said I was mildly optimistic. The reason I said I was mildly optimistic is because he technically shouldn't be our quarterback. You want to know why he's our quarterback? Because he didn't perform well when he got Devontae on the Raiders. Literally coming off arguably his best year. And the thing, the thing that is so mind-blowing, I don't think some of y'all really understand how crazy it is to go through losing your top receiver because he wanted to be reckless. A coaching change in the middle of the year after coming out comments that, you know, especially in this, you know, heightened climate with social media everywhere, bro, the comments the that we found about John Green. Like, literally bro. anything that could have went wrong went wrong in Derek Carr in that year with Oakland. They still made the playoffs. With Hunter Renfro as his number the one DB receiver. Who was, who was pointing an AK at, at the screen on, on Instagram. First round draft pick, random. Oh, my God. That's a season first, from hell. Like they're gonna make a thirty for thirty on that team. So I lived. I lived and they got rid of Amari Cooper. I lived in Crazy. Las Vegas. I lived off Southwest uh, uh, Maryland and East Hacienda, bro. That is literally two miles down the street from West Tropicana. Dog, I don't think y'all know that street Rugs is driving down West Tropicana. That is an actual street with stoplights and shit. Like not one fifty six, bro. That, that was crazy that Hollywood Brown so was driving crazy. that on the freeway. He was driving that on the 303 in Arizona. That is crazy for the freeway. But if you live in Arizona, you know the 303 certain times of night is wide open. You know, it's, it's not it's not too many people over there, Scottsdale, over in that area. It's not, it's like the, it's like the far way. So I'll let that slide. But 156 down a regular street with stop signs and lights. I'm gonna let you know driving 156 down those type of roads, the last thing you had in your head was stopping. I'm gonna just let you know that right yeah, there. Yeah, and, 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 and then so hey, so you oh. mix that, you mix that with a coach that was having, I guess, some racist comments towards somebody. Yeah, literally racist, everything, sexist, every, homophobic, everything. Like, remember hit the that, jackpot that, of guys, emails, bro. Remember that kickstarted Dan Snyder game getting up out of there. That is what kickstarted it. You had all that, and you were still able to play well with Hunter Renfro. And, and the part is, Dan Slider was the one that leaked it. He's the one that leaked it, trying right? to protect himself. Right? You had all oh that. God. You had all that. And if this, and this like is when Josh Jacobs was still me. You played better there, but then you get Josh Jacobs, the leading rusher, and you get Devontae, and you were trash? That's why I said I was mildly optimistic, because in a better situation, yes, Josh McDaniels trash, but in a with a better roster, you were still out there throwing nuts. So then we get to New Orleans. I'm like, okay, cool. You got Michael Thomas back. Olave's there. Kamara's still efficient. We we good. Because I knew our defense was going to be straight. Come to find out. Pete, Pete Carmichael fooled. I'm not going to lie. Pete Carmichael fooled me. Because in the preseason, I'm like, okay, it seemed like he remembered how to call plays. And then we get here, and I'm like, okay. Why is Derek Carr having 350-something passing yards but one touchdown because we can't convert in the red zone? Like, there was games to start the year. It wasn't on Derek Carr. O-line was trash. But then afterwards, I'm like, dude, all right, bro. Like, I can't. Yeah, in the middle, in the middle later this season, I was like, like all right, bro. Derek like, Carr, come on, gang. Like, and then Olave went through a slump. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, there was a lot of disconnect between Olave and Carr. And it was like, bro, the receiver quarterback dynamic was so toasted, bro. It's just they did not uh, mess with each other. Last couple of games, Olave cut, of course. Yeah, but, and, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. The Saints, the reason why I said I think if everything went right, we should be a 10-11 win team because I thought our schedule was light. There was a couple games that I pretty much was like, yeah, we're going to lose. I called the Jaguars loss. I called the Lions loss. But then we lost to the we, – we lost to somebody. Oh, we lost to the Packers. I was like, okay. Yeah, I blew that game against I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. 
we might we might be in trouble. And then we went on like a four game losing streak. I'm like, I I think every time I looked at that division, I was like, the Saints are by far the best team. But it looks like the Bucks are had been doing the best coaching. They're playing job. better football. They're, They're playing, playing way better, better football. And my Baker. thing is. The marketing is this told y'all, is what, told y'all about Baker. This is this is nah, what I'm I, I was I was wrong about Baker. And this will this will be the last thing I say about the Saints because ain't nobody trying to talk about the Saints for thousands of years. Last thing I'll say about him, bro. The 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 part that frustrates me the most is that we can't tank for a better first round pick because we're technically still in still in hunt for the division. We're, because we still got to <laughs> yeah. play the Bucks one more time. You're so half we're game still in back for right? the division. Yes, you're half game they, back right because they have the tiebreaker. So Walk, walking they, into New Orleans and beating y'all like that was crazy. Oh yeah, they they blew you out. None of the Buccaneers blew you bro, out. Like, bro, we literally got a pick, and then the next play fumble in the like, red zone. Like we literally did Brady. Did Brady win in New Orleans when he was there? He did his last year, but the first two years he didn't. Yeah, like I was like, that's, that's, what, that's what I thought was crazy. Hey, yeah, the, his last go, year. Hey, he did. Go around real quick. Let me get some score projections so I can ask my next question. G baby, you. <sighs> Gosh, darn it. I feel, uh, I'm not going to pick against my team because I'm still with them. We haven't lost a division yet, so I'm still going to rock with them for this season. But I'll say like 24 20. Like, it's not going to be nothing crazy. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going I'm to pick the Saints because it's a must win. Screw it. I'm going to go 28 14. I, I'm a Rams believer. It could be closer. It could be a touchdown difference, but I'm going to go 28-14. I'm going to go Saints, too. I think it'll be 24-21, winning a field goal. I think it'll be a close game for sure. Rams? I'm going to go 27-13. Like, it's going to be close the whole time, but then the the, the Rams just pull away late. This leads me to my next question. Without talking about the quarterback, I, I, I was looking at something early on Instagram where they do like the little play breakdowns on defense and stuff. Mm. And it stood out to me. They showed JC Jackson with the Chargers, and then they showed mm-hmm. JC Jackson with the Patriots. Mm. And if you constantly looked at him and it said they just showed up how he lined up and pretty much tried to show you the play call, the scheme, how they were scheming him. If you look at JC Jackson, it was like they was forcing him to sit there and play off cover three all day and night. With the charges, and he's not a he's not that type of guy. Of he's not that type of guy. And we saw this earlier in the season during training camp when we saw Trayvon Diggs trying to play press man to man. He looked horrible because why? He's an off man guy. So we see that we know that some of these guys are really specialists in the NFL. You might have a man to man specialist, and you might have a zone specialist. So that brings up my next question. Was it really Brandon Staley to blame, or was it the defensive coordinator? Because if you sit there and look at that, because Asante Samuel, when he was playing press man-to-man, I know it's college, bro. I know it's college. But he was one of the best DBs in the country. For him to have that good as a rookie year when they normally let them play similar schemes to what they played in college, for him to have a solid rookie year and then just fall off the planet to where it don't even look like his daddy was Asante Samuel. Like, it doesn't even look like that's his real dad, bro. I really feel like, is it the defensive coordinator? Or, or, or I know y'all say Brandon Staley is the is the guru, bro, but I know in the NFL, they got coordinators for a reason. Like, those are the guys that are supposed to be, you know? I and I would agree with you on that, Bama, if he wasn't the one calling the plays. He's the one that's going out there calling the plays, telling him to get in that cover three. 
That's why it is Brandon Staley. I now don't get me wrong. There is when even when he went back to New England, he got cooked a couple times. So JC Jackson has some parts to play too. But Brandon Staley is there like well, I know I don't want to sound like a, a like a recycle bin with all the takes that's been said, but there's no way you spend that much money on that defense to be one of the worst. And it's not your problem. Like, I'm sorry. There's no way. Like, bro, there is no way you look and you think Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Boza, uh, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., and and Kenneth Murray. Like, there's no way you have all them dudes. They got some guys. And you're one of of the worst defenses of the league. Like, you ain't got to be elite. You don't got to be top five. Right. But, like, you shouldn't be a worse defense than the Texans. You shouldn't be a worse defense than, I don't know, the Cardinals. Like, you shouldn't be that. You should be able to at least be the 2020 Bengals. Thank you. The the tough part is, Bama, is that Staley is also a defensive guy. So, like, if we like, for instance, if Zach, if um, if Zach Taylor, the coach of the coach of the Bengals, if Joe Burr was there and that and that offense was ass, we'd be blaming him too because that's what you're good at. I understand you have a coordinator, but that's that's your specialty side too. And I I don't need to add on to what everything that G Baby said. It's just that obviously he was he was on the hottest of hot seats anyway, right? And the fact that. Whether or not he, because obviously the 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 GM, that there's a reason why him and the GM got fired at the same time because they both collaborated on that. Choosing JC Jackson, it turns out to be one of the worst free agency decisions we've seen in a minute, right? And the fact that, like, you ju- you really just can't be that bad. Like, you have names all over the defense, and and you can't say, oh, they've been injured because the Ravens find a way to still be a good defense with all the injuries. Like other teams, like, so this isn't something new. It's just the fact that. He calls a place. He's a defensive guy, and your side of the ball is putrid, putrid. Because G Baby can tell you how many times we watched them Saints trot out really bad defenses for Drew Brees. But the reason why you tolerate a little bit because you at least had Drew Brees, and, and that offense was good. Mm-hmm. And, and then the second they like, got a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. what happened? Literally yeah. a year's difference. Yeah, it went yeah. from being and horrible to elite. Every every Saints fan can tell you every year they'd be like, let's just. Fucking find the right guy to call the defense, please. That's all they were asking the whole time. Because at least on on Champagne side of the ball, they were good. So that's that's what really hurts uh, Brandon Staley as well. I just think yeah. whether it's fair or fair or not, I think the coach is going to get most of the blame when a team performs that badly. Like we can we can understand that sure they could have issues in the defense side of the ball in terms of the personnel. But again, when you're losing that bad again, I think that was just a nail in the coffin. It was, it was kind of building up to it. If they lost by like a field goal, I think he probably still might have had his job. But the fact that it was, you know, 60 points dropped on dropped on him by, by a team. Don't even let him coach like, the second half. Yeah, but by, by a team like the Raiders too. Not even by like a Mahomes or a Jalen Hurst or Tua, but by the Raiders and their quarterback. That Raiders corps out here look like Joe yeah, Montana. Exactly. Like, what are we right? talking yeah. about? <laughs> Yeah, and for me, when it comes down to that, uh, when it comes down to it, I agree with a lot of what y'all are saying. I would say the Raiders Chargers game is more of they just gave up on him, kind of like the Denver Broncos situation. It felt that way. They kind of just gave up and just didn't want to play, but it was bad. Like it reflected on how much lack of faith they had in uh, Staley. And I like at the end of the day, with all the talent they had, and I like some of their young talent, like Thule as well, and how bad they performed. It 
says something when you have a different coach in a different situation um, with the Minnesota Vikings, with Brian Flores, with that personnel not being good, it's not that talented. And last year they were one of the worst defensives in the league. And then this year, even though they didn't start out great, they became a better defense um, progressively and became a legit defense that can do its job when the situation requires. Tell us how well Brian Flores schemed that team and how well his schemes were working for that defense in particular with a lack of talent. So when you take that into account and then you see the Chargers with everything that Random said with him being a defensive identity, his per, like moniker is a defensive um Plus you have that coach. Sean McVay stick on him too, the Sean McVay glow when he got hired. Because uh, where, where is it? Like after they won that <clears throat> championship, right? It felt like if you like had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you're getting some kind of coaching job in the NFL. Zach Taylor, that's how Zach Taylor got his job. Joe Staley got his job. Or Brandon Staley. So it's like he also had that in Zach Taylor's flourishing. This is, if anything, he beat allegations this year with what he's done with the Bengals. Because before this year, allegations definitely suspect for sure. Yeah, people were questioning him all the time. And also the worst part about this entire conversation is that they fired Anthony Lynn. And I I was looking at defensive rankings for all these different uh, things. And it is the same except the rookie year of Justin Herbert where the defense was actually not that bad. And then you have obviously a terrible next year. And then it got worse with Brandon Staley, even though he's supposed to be the better defense of mine. That's perfect, a perfect that's example that I just thought about. We look at from last year to this year, even if you want to talk about schedule, the Eagles, they got all this talent on the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they was looking suspect. Last year, they looked dominant, of course. This year, they started playing some tougher teams and with better offenses yet. But – we could all agree that we think the Cowboys' defense is better than the Eagles, at least this season, right? We can all pretty much agree with that. Mm-hmm. I saw Geno Smith tear up that defense, right? Saw Geno Smith tear up that defense. Now, granted, yes, it is – It is. Uh, what's it called? It is Drew Locke, and I think they called the game a little differently. But when I found out Matt Patricia was calling the defense, I was like, oh, this might save y'all. Because if you just watch that game, even though I get it's Drew Locke, I get it's a little, I get it's different. But this is a defense that's been getting cooked all year. Matt Jones played relatively well against them. You know what I mean? Like, this is a defense that's been getting destroyed all year. And they just looked, well, except for Bradbury, they just looked so why, much why better was as he a pressing? unit. Why were you pressing? <sighs> I don't know, but. Especially after DK comes to play honestly, before. Honestly, oh. Bradbury got saved by the fact that. They had a great defense last year, and he didn't have to guard the ones all the time because Bradbury. There's a reason he he was cut the first. Time. I wish MJ was here. I always want to ask him what how CJ Gardner Johnson not being there, how much that affected their defense. See, I don't. I see. I don't necessarily think him not being there hurt as much. Granted, he had the picks and he played the and he played. He got to play a true safety position, which I think he was really excited for. But I think the problem is the coordinators. Where is Shane Steichen right now? Dominating with the Colts, the Colts, coaching up the Colts, and whoever bro. that defensive play caller was before, because Matt Patricia, we killed him for Jonathan being Jonathan Gannon and what he's doing with the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I'm sorry, I said Shane Steichen. I meant Jonathan Gannon. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Jonathan oh, Gannon, what he's doing with the Arizona Cardinals should be pretty, yeah. That that that's what that, a terrible team. That's what that uh, yeah. But like I look at once Matt Patricia took over, I was like, okay, this might help y'all out. Because say what you want about Matt Patricia when he was the OC. 
The reason why we were tripping is because, bro, this is a defensive coach. Why is he calling offensive plays? I'll argue That's with Trent till the day I die about this. I don't know how he just disregards that when it comes to Mac Jones. I'm not saying Mac Jones Nobody is good, disregards it random. but like, I'm sorry, bro. He's a I defensive coordinator calling call offensive plays. I mean, I definitely think it did hurt his development. It definitely did. With a rookie going into his transition year, usually that sophomore year is when all rookies experience a slump. You that is when you you really don't need an offensive coordinator the rookie year because no one has film. They pretty much playing off their college instincts. They still in shape from college, all of that different type of stuff. That sophomore year is when a better coach is really crucial. Now these guys got film on you. Now you got to teach these guys. Hey, this is what you're seeing now. This is why these guys is rolling like this. Hey, when you start to call a hike, when you do white 80, this is when these guys start to shift. This is what you need to do. This is how you find the Mike linebacker. You got to do all of this stuff over and over and over. For him to have Matt Patricia or whoever he had, bro, that was just a disservice to him. Y'all can say, oh, he's not athletic, all of that. Cool. But if you got a quarterback that's not athletic, you want to try to put him in the best position to succeed, bro. They just really just sat, sat up there and just really let Mac fall flat on his face. I want to go back to another one since we're talking about the Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Casey got uh, Deshaun Casey got ejected, but got suspended the rest of the season for the hit he put on Michael Pittman. Me, myself, personally, I was thinking about that because even though it looked bad, it did look bad, but coming from the time era I came from, Ray Lewis, B Dog, Troy Palomalu, Jeremiah Trotter. Bro, it was really some real crazy hitters out there. Pat Willis. These dudes was hitting. I feel like, are you, do y'all feel like that helmet and helmet is like a little bit too, too police? I get it. I understand. No disrespect to the guys that's died from CTE. I know the effects of what it does to the brain. Junior say all of these guys. But at the end of the day, it's we know what we signed up for. We, we signed a waiver. We know what this type of sport it is. Is it a disservice how hard they police in the helmet and helmet now? I, I so think I because... Hold, hold on, give me. I think let me add this. I think the fact that the NFL was caught hiding the effects of concussions, and they they had to pay a billion dollar settlement to past players. Like the NFL at every single point, because at some point, like the media was like, "Do we need football?" Which is dumb. That's such a dumb argument to uh, to even uh, question to even ask. But ever since then, they just can't take the hit the same way they were. The, the NFL, for as great as an organization it is it makes a lot of really bad decisions. Whether it's charging the military to have them fly the flag before the game and do the national anthem. They were caught doing that, charging, charging the U.S. government to do that. Yes. What? Yes. What? I'm surprised the they U.S. Were, government they, agreed if that's yeah, the case. They, they were I like, like, yeah, they baby, yeah. I would have like, exactly. exactly. They were They were caught doing that. Like, and the fact that they hid this, they, it wasn't like, the, it wasn't like they knew for like a couple years. Yeah. They knew this for a decade. Like, they were doing their own reach and hit it from the players. That's why it would look so bad. Mind you, at this point, you just don't want anything to give the players any ammunition. Because think about it now. The fact that the NFL Players Association doesn't even have guaranteed contracts for its players is crazy. And all these things. So there's a lot of ancillary things that kind of keep that the NFL has to be paid attention so, to all the time. So I hear you on that, and I don't disagree with you on that. Here's my thing, though. We have instant replay. So if I remember the hit correctly, because I ain't watched it in a couple of days. I just watched I, the hit. No. If it, was, I remember it looked the nasty hit, as hell, bro. In, in real time. In real it's time. His back right? was like this. 
Yeah, his, okay, okay. His okay, back okay, almost okay, touched okay. his ass. Like his his head almost touched right, his right, ass. Right, okay, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's w my cash, thing. by the way. I, I, so now that you show that, because I was about to say, because that's where I was about to go into. So now that we've all seen it, here's the only reason why I have a problem with the suspension. Can either of y'all tell me how he should have stopped? Exactly. Thank it you, wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. Yes. So thank you, you, how should he have stopped? <laughs> I am actually, I'm actually, I'm actually, I don't know, know how fast the boys be running, bro. Like how, exactly, how, how bang, bang them plays be, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you expect them to do? Because at the end of the day, K is just trying to feed his family too. And then also too, because also too, if you watch the video, you watch the angle. This man was not prepared for Michael Pittman to leave his feet. Mm-mm. That man was coming to his chest. Talk, hey, I. Tom Brady said it best, and I'm I'll not lie. Brady I'm not said lie. it. The NFL. This Brady said it perfectly. The, this is probably mm-hmm. the one time. You might have shout out Hellfire. Shout out Hellfire. This is probably the one time the NFL is not going to listen to Tom Brady on something, because yes, that's a bad throw. Michael Pittman, I get you was trying to sell out for your team. Shout out to you, game. Thank God he walked off. What is the defensive player supposed to do? If I'm running to full speed because I see you and you running straight, and all of a sudden you dive. How am I supposed to change my body angle? Like, I don't think people understand. Like, these dudes is running. Like, I'm not trying to exaggerate. I promise you, I'm not trying to exaggerate. I want if you, people if to you watch race them NFL against the car, yeah. bro. That as if a if a car and a player were driving and the car was running and the, and the and the player was running as fast as he can, the car would be even with him at like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. So, 20 miles, actually, so, and if you get hit by a car 20 miles an hour, I get it. You're Because you're still going to get injured. But imagine if a car is going 20 miles an hour and a player going 20 miles an hour, a car can't just all of a sudden change his direction. Neither can a player. They can't just all of a sudden, like, even when a car slams its brakes, it takes a minute before it comes to a complete stop. Duke, you can't say just all that. Of, you all don't know. It's easy to say that because you haven't done it. Like you say, he would have caught if he didn't do that. Would have caught it. He would have caught it and got touched. You don't know how is how's case that's not the, that's not that the problem. Of, that's not the problem. Of, I don't care about the play at that point. That's crazy. I, like what? There's nothing that that defensive player could have done to stop in that, or he, even if he would have tried to slow up, he they still would have collided. I, so I think we're trying to do the suspension. My thing with the conversation. Yeah, to suspend him for the season for that, for something. Yeah, you have to look Wait, at the attention. Yeah, for the rest out. of the season. He's out for yeah, the, the rest of the season. season. That's the okay. problem. You have to look so, at the intent. The intent wasn't there to hurt the guy. He was clearly making a play on the ball. He didn't realize he was going to dive and catch when you're going at that speed. So I don't think the intention was never to hit his head. He was going to round about at his waist, something along those lines. But because he dove for the ball, his head is right there. He ends up tackling it. He ends up hitting, having that helmet-to-helmet contact, whatever the case may be. But I don't think the intent was ever there. Like, 100%, there's no way he intended to hit the guy in the head. Because there was – This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say here. For me, when I'm looking at the play, because it is a a nasty hit. Like, we all understand. That was a nasty hit, considering the situation. His body was in the air, and his head went backwards to his his back, right? It's fucking crazy. So, I don't think he should be suspended from the situation, because I agree that – it's very difficult to adjust in that situation, especially when you're trying to make a play specifically. But I will also say one of two things. I would say first, I don't know what the intent is because if the intent is to stop the play at any means possible, that's still not a good reason not to get suspended. And two, yes, when a player is going full speed, it's hard to adjust. But I will say 
doesn't mean it's impossible to adjust. Like in, in the situation when he is diving in that circumstance, I would have been like, for me, my, my point of view is you might have just have to give it up because we know for like quarterbacks all the time, the quarterbacks be doing, they be trying to slide right in front of you last second. You just got to let him have it. You just got to let him okay, have so it because you don't want to kill him in okay. that situation. No, no, no. You're, and in you're this right. situation, and especially since you know he's diving, he dives, he catches it. It is what it is. You touch him, he's down. It's so that's, no, but, that's, no, but here's, that's what here, I would the, say that okay, he could have done here, something else. Here is the only problem I have with what you said. Because, yes, there are technically times you're just supposed to let him have it. There are times you can't adjust. This one wasn't one of them cases. Doesn't deserve a seed lock. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of the flags, a lot of the, a lot of the flags they throw, a lot of them are. What else do you want him to do? There are a couple slides where I'm like, yeah, bro, you could have stopped. There are also a couple slides where they wait to the last possible millisecond. They not even down yet, and they throw in the flag because that's the deal. Ever since Tom Brady, ever since Tom Brady tore his ACL in in 2008. They have changed. They have made sure that hey, was a business decision. The by the way, that was a business decision to make that play because Tom Brady, obviously coming off the incredible season that he had, but that was a business decision. Because, dear God, what if it happens like that one year where God Mahomes gets hurt? Oh my uh, goodness, bro! Yeah, I, I, bro I'm not gonna tell you the amount of rules they would change if Patrick Mahomes ever got a season in the injury to start oh, the year. Remember, people were saying God. people another people path. were saying they should ban the uh, QB sneak when he when he put when he moved his patella or his knee, like his knee dislocated, and people were saying they should ban the QB sneak because uh, of that. I He's the one who dislocated his knee. Like that's yeah, what I, it was a freak accident and they were like, "Oh, you should ban QB sneaks anymore." I was like, "Come on, bro." Like you can't the defense is already at such a disadvantage and I'm a receiver. I understand. They're already at such a disadvantage. You can't you cannot penalize them for the mistakes that the offense makes. You can't all do I'm that. Say, all I'm going to say, if, if if we walk down this rabbit hole where we start saying like, oh, yeah, it would have been hard for him to change his trajectory and stuff, we never know who Ed Reed is. We never know who B. Yeah. Dawkins is. We never know who Ray disagree. Lewis is. We never know who these guys are. If Even Ed Reed even said it. What was it, like three, four years back? Ed Reed said, I'll be broke. He said, I would be broke if I played in this t- in today's generation. Air Reed said this. He said, I literally would go broke. I would be playing for free out there because of he knows how he hits, how fast the game is. And 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 honestly, bro, like, yes, they are freakish athletes, but bro, that would take so much focus, so much body control to just oh torque my body to just punch the ball out instead of hitting them, bro. Like, I I don't, I don't know. It's it's no bam. I, I'm I feel like you, these type of rules ruin ruin 2009 Saints. Like those dudes, even though you can say, "Oh, Bounty Gate was bad," they wasn't tearing ACLs or whatever the case may be. They was just putting a lick on you. You know what I'm saying? And to me, Red that was the one who started football. running around. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that started that, running around and got himself caught. That's what happened with him. Yeah, I'm, I, I like football. Like when it was like that. I'm with you, Bama. I'm like kind of indifferent. I I, I wouldn't. I don't even know if I like this version of football versus the one that hits more. I'm kind of indifferent in that conversation, but it is kind of, it's kind of getting a little disgusting nowadays, especially like the stuff you mentioned, but also on the offensive end, you you see how many fines that running backs are getting after like a routine truck, uh, trucking the the DB. And it's like, Oh, this is unnecessary. $10,000 fine. 
I'm like, but hey, 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 but look, look, check me out. Well, y'all just talked about Deshaun Casey when Zeke did him like that in the end zone when he played for the Falcons and gave him a concussion. He was out for the next two weeks. Y'all remember when they, the Falcons was playing the Cowboys? Zeke, it was like a one yard run. Zeke trucked him so hard he slid like two yards back. Casey was out with a concussion for the next two weeks after that, and it was helmet to helmet. Like the like it's like like what Random said. The defense literally wins nowhere now. Like if 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 I hit you helmet to helmet and make you fall on offense, I get fine. But if you do it to me, if Random does it to me now, which Random, you could be honest. I play offense. You play offense. When we put our head down, even Coach said, put your head down, get extra fight for extra yards. When we put our head down, bro, it's helmet to helmet. I don't care. Oh, every, every single time. I, Every time, bro, I play Every running time. back. I'm not trying to fit up with my shoulder pads. Of course, you want to be, bro. It's helmet to helmet, bro. It, it is like it's just straight up, and we don't get flagged for it. And it's just like, damn, bro. I kind of feel sorry. I don't care because I'm an offense boo hoo. Cry me a river, like yeah, you should have played offense. You should have had hands, pussy. <laughs> but oh well. I just feel like these boys don't win nowhere when. You call calls like that, bro. I, I, okay I do it, though. Egregious stuff. Because Brandon Merriweather, I, I see a lot of Brandon Merriweather's in his chat. And, yes, he did used to hit, but he had some stuff where he'll literally jump into your no, head. No, he was jumping head. into dudes' heads. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was so bad. Bill Belichick was like, I think he did it one time against the Giants. And Bill Belichick started cussing him out. I was like, bro, what are you doing? And, and, and like, literally benched him. So, there are, obviously, there are people who are on the other side of the rule. But even with Casey, he's going to appeal. He's appealing suspension. He's they're gonna but say they're no. not, but they're not gonna they're give it to NFL's him. gonna look at him and say, why, why are you even here? Go back home. Is and it just judged. that one play is the suspension, or is it like a collection of stuff? Because one that one play for a life uh season long suspension is crazy. Um, I'm I'm reading I'm I'm, I'm gonna read the, they the said a collection of stuff, but I think that one hit was just like a strong. Yeah, it was so it was, it was look, so crazy because in real time it looks bad. When you look at it on replay, it's like, bro, what is this man supposed to do, bro? Like, I will say, if like, Michael Pittman had like a really, really bad injury from it, like it would have been no brainer. He would have yeah. been out for the season. It might have been out for longer, honestly. Oh, we hit out two. That's what I Always tricky with those. He's injuries. had. He's been fined eleven thousand dollars for mm-hmm. the last four straight weeks. Total or per game? Per game. Per game, eleven thousand. Yeah, like, Damn. like, like, like on against the Rams on the twenty seventh, he used helmet to helmet contact. Well, I think on I the third against that. Jacksonville, he had a defensive receiver on, the, and then again in, against Jacksonville, he used helmet to helmet. So he got fined twice for the Jacksonville game, and then one more against a defensive receiver against Cincinnati, and then the one that he got for for what he did against. In, see, in see, okay, so look, yeah, that's, that's not see yeah, that one. Good. See the one that you just so the so the first one that you showed Riddell. Yeah, the first crazy. one, yeah, that's bad because he's already wrapped up. You don't have to come in with your head. Oh, what's it called? Yeah, that one, that one was bad because it's like, bro, he's already like, yeah. come on, you get, you don't need to come in with your head on that one. So, like, so far, yeah, it looks like that, it's but, apparently, but like, he keeps on doing it. I guess. Yeah, but like, there's, but like, so if you want to do collection of stuff, fine. But a lot of the fines that people get, like Jalen, you a Lakers fan? Hold on. Hell no, I ain't no Lakers fan. We are LeBron fan. The goat. He's a LeBron stand. The stand. You don't remember? Man. You don't remember, Bama? He's the one who he said LeBron is the reason we started watching ESPN and stuff or whatever. Oh, that's oh, a Hold on. The logic was no. LeBron is the lo- part of the reason why sports debate talk really blew up. 
100%. For the past 20 years, it's literally been LeBron versus whoever. LeBron, hold on, LeBron versus the legacy of every other player. LeBron versus Jordan. If I feel like, I feel like there are a few sneeze, other players. Who if LeBron James coughs or sneezes, it's a story on ESPN. People would talk about it. I think it's a story I'm for Skip saying. Bayless, not ESPN. I'll be sure. All right, all right, all right. right. With yeah, yeah, we don't have to go down, down that road. Close the remarks, man. What's up? Talk to us, G-Baby. Hey, man. Saints, you better win. <laughs> you guys are making it's me really light, upset, bro. but like, look, if we're not gonna get a top ten pick, you might as well just win the division. And who knows? Maybe, just maybe, we can hope that the Cowboys sell and we can get a playoff win. Maybe, who knows? I- I'll take it. So that's what I got. Hey, say. man, most dangerous matchup in the playoffs right now is the Rams. They nobody mm. wants to play. Them. It's the Bills, but yeah. I-, I mean, the Bills not in the playoffs. They got to keep winning. Shout it's crazy. The Bills decide. The Bills decide a lot of people's playoff lives with these last. They games. if Bills lose one game, they're out of the playoffs. Like they just got to keep winning. It's, it's oh kinda... yeah, because the Bengals keep winning. You right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough for the Bills. <laughs> Bro, I'm not gonna lie. Yo, everybody keeps saying the AFC is mid. I'm not gonna lie. This this AFC might cook. Like we might get yeah. some great games out these boys. Shout out Shane Steichen, Jake Browning, and Joe Flacco. Playoff. Come on, playoff quarterbacks. Yo, I know, I know, Demar Hamlin's probably gonna win comeback player of the year, but I know. Go ahead, give Joe Flacco. Go ahead, give Joe Flacco. I don't want. Is it bad for me to say I don't want him to win the award? The minute, G baby, the minute he entered the game and got attacked, I know, I know. You can't be death. You can't be almost dying. I know you can't, but like, does that man still play? He, I don't. He's I don't, a liability. I don't know if he played a snap no. after that. No, I, to I be honest, he he's on the, the team. Field, he's so. on the team, but he's a liability in terms of probably legally. Because even uh, Dominique Foxworth said this on Dan Lebertard's show. Like, if I'm the Bengals or if I'm the Bills, I'm never going to play that guy again for me. Somebody else can, but I'm not. Also, he's not but, good but, enough at the end of the day to play. So it's like, come on, I get you can't beat death, but come on. The minute he stepped on the field and got a tackle. That 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 trophy was sent to his crib. I, don't I, know, don't... I just feel like if Gino can come back. Also, is Gino is Gino cooked? Is Gino hold on, cooked? Hold on, hold on. Let Jalen let get let Jalen give him some. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Closing remarks. I'm still gonna believe in the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is still the best football player in the NFL. We hear. Yep. When, when it comes when it comes to the playoffs, if Tony has anything to say about it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tony, <laughs> he's gonna hurt him. But you know, <laughs> I, I just think in the playoffs they're probably just gonna keen in on you know getting the ball to Travis Kelsey more. And I mean, wait, like I, we Tony's been in the league now for a couple years, right? He's been in the league now for a this few is years. His third year. Yeah, like I've seen for the past couple years, he hasn't been this bad in terms of drops. But I haven't seen it this bad. Like, he's something's going on in his head or whatever the case may be. Or maybe just playing in the Chiefs, playing with Mahomes, it's magnified. But I just don't think he can continue to be this bad with these key drops. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're talking key, timely drops. Like, it's safe I don't to do want to risk it, Jalen. I don't want to risk it. I hear you. I, I just don't know if that's sustainable for him to have, keep having these key drops. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, y'all. That's another show, man. See y'all later on with Gridiron. More nasty takes. Um, but yeah, we out. WG baby, man. What a show up, man. G Daddy.